0: I need to know everything. Who in the what in the where? I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I act like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I happen to pour some five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for thrusts. to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'd be surprised if the info you get is by letting them talk. So I'm letting them talk.
1: Gotta Hello and, and welcome, JK1. It's a lot body fun, body more fun doing that with Pete God, sitting God. over here God. behind God. the camera. Usually I make fun of him in some way, but he's here, so. <laughs> Uh, maybe i'll just make him buy us lunch after this is over but uh, uh i'm super excited this is one that when i started doing this show was one of the episodes that inspired me to do it why i wanted to do it uh it's the first one we've done with video it won't be the last one but it will be the best one uh my dear friend is here with us a legend uh, the most legendary person that's ever been on the show angel cordero
2: well thank you very much
1: no it's uh it's great to have you and um, I've been lucky enough to sit with you at dinner, uh, to sit with you at the racetrack and to hear stories. And, uh, Jonathan Thomas called me, uh, which you don't know him as Jonathan Thomas. You know, him as Jennifer, I'll let you Jennifer. tell that's Jennifer. <laughs> but he, he called, he called me one time and he said, Hey, you, you got to sit down with angel. We have to get these stories documented, um, to make sure that everyone else can, can hear them. So, uh, I'm glad you, you could find some time to hang out with us. The one story that I want to start with, because it was recommended to me by like four different people to get you to tell. So I feel like it's got to be a good one. Let's start with uh, Go Sparky Go.
2: Oh, okay. Well, my wife was training uh, in Belmont. She had like five horses on this barn. And this girl had this horse called Sparky. And uh, he was a little crazy because every time I went to see my wife, the horse was running into the buckets, to the corners. So one day my wife said, you're going to ride Sarah's horse next Wednesday. I said, you crazy. I her, no, man, that horse is no good. It's a maiden, five-year-old. I said, no, no you got to ride because she's poor and she needs you to ride him. I said, honey, man, the horse is no good. You got to ride him for me. You got to do that. I said, okay. So she goes, hey, Sarah, Angel is going to ride your horse. He said, oh, good. Let me talk to you about it. He said, listen, he's a nice horse. He said, but you got to know him. He doesn't like when you make noise, like when you shirk to him, he pins his ears and he don't want to go nowhere, okay? He doesn't like when you yell at him, ah, ask him to go, he doesn't want to go. He said, he doesn't like to get hit. You hit and he'll pull up right on the jump. So, oh man, he said he don't like to be behind horses. He hates dirt on the face, but if he goes to the lee, he pulled up. Oh, oh. <laughs> So I said, well, sir, so what would I do when I want him to run? You say, I cannot hit it, I cannot yell at him, I cannot share at him. it. He said, when you want him to go, you tell him, go, Sparky, go. <laughs> so I left, I left the stable, so I said to my wife, what kind of mount you gave me? I said, this guy's crazy, man. So I never heard that. Ah, but you got a place that she's poor and she work hard and everything. I ride the horse. He is 99 to 1 in the last race on the winter. And my balance said, are you staying here to ride a horse? I said, I have no choice, man. I said, I got to do it. I said, because my wife's going to be mad if I don't ride him for her. So he goes to saddle the horse, come back. He said, I have bad news for you. He said, we had to saddle him on a walk, and he flipped twice. He almost break your saddle. I said, don't tell me that. I said, yeah. I get to the pond, and he's so wet, man. His eyes are like somebody hit him with something. So she said, be careful in the gate, because he doesn't like to go in there. When I get to the gate, the guy come running at me and says, he's still on it. He's crazy. He flips. He said, we're gonna have two men on his head and one on the tail. I said, don't even breed on it, because he'll flip. I said, no, oh, man, man. <laughs> So now I look, It's fourteen horses. The last way. He's only one guy that I knew was Migliori. The Rebels, bog boys, cetera, boys ride people that don't ride much. So when they opened the door I asked him. I asked him to leave and he left running and as soon as he went to the pace, his ears went up. I said, whoa, he don't want to be on that lead. So I sat. So I sat behind three horses, and he was going good. He was following, him, and everything was good. But when the time came, quarter pole, I said, well, I asked him to run. So I went, and he thinks he's he here. He didn't go nowhere. Oh, man, she told me not to do that. So I wheel him around on the clear where the dare don't hit him because she told me he don't like the dare. So he started running. And man I said, Oh man, he's running. He got to the lee about the eight pole and as soon as he got to the lee he tried to pull up. I said, No, no, that's thing to me. Boom, and I reached and hit him and he put the brakes on me. I was, oh, kidding. I'm going, eh, eh. And more he stopped and stopping and stopped and then, now horses are coming, they start going by and I start going, Go Sparky go, go Sparky go. He got big like that. So he already pulled up and he said, What happened? You didn't want to win with it? And I said, What do you mean? He said, but you wasn't even riding and in Houston. I said, the girl told me, goes, park, he goes, that's the way he runs, man. I said, I look like a stupid, you know, because I got desperate. When the time came, I did everything. I said, well, I'm going to listen to her. But I have a better one with another guy. This guy named Santiago used to ride this horse, and he used to run real good for him, but not for nobody else. So one day I'm on it, and I, I said, Angel, what's the secret with the horse? I'm kidding, and I said, what happened? You blocking him in. I said, no, oh, man, I don't do that. I said, why did he run for you? He don't run for nobody. He said, when you want him to run, you got to bark like a dog. <laughs> and that's when he runs his best. And I look at his face. I said, are you kidding me? He said, I'm telling you, seriously. So now I'm going to ride the horse. We're coming into the table. he's making a move. And I ask him to run. He's lazy. He's getting in there. He's not going in there. He in for home. And he like he's going to be there, but he's not being in there. And I'm riding and riding, all of a sudden I oh, going, ow, 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 ow. Didn't work. <laughs> Got be like three quarters of a length, but he was like he didn't want to pass the horse. So I came back and I told the guy, "I said, man, Angel, you lied to me, man." He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Man, I did." He said, "How did you do that?" I say, "How, how, how," and he didn't go. I said, "No, you gotta do like the Chihuahua." oh. oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's when he run because it's afraid of the Chihuahua. I said, "No, man." I mean, <laughs> them story that that people tell you about the horses and you believe it. And some of them, they true, you know, but some of them, they don't. I just, I tried it when I'm desperate. <laughs> if, if I think it's going to hurt, I'll go, sparky go. I'll bark like a dog, but it didn't work. How much do you miss it, Angel? How much do you miss riding? You know, at the beginning, my first five years, I had to cry almost every night. I mean, it was real hard to leave something that you like. And the only thing that I know how to do and uh, something that I was lucky at it, and when the doctor told me I could not write anymore, I was like, and I tried it. And um, my wife was like, ah, did you fail again? You're going to die, the doctor said. You had too many operations in your stomach. He said, why do you want to do that? So never, never, never I thought that somebody was going to tell me to quit. Because the first thing I told her when we married, said, don't ever ask me to stop writing. I said, this is my life. This is all I know how to do, and that's all I do. But when she told me that, she kind of, put something in my mind, you know. See, we got kids and you could die once. So I quit, and then I cried every single night. I could not stand them. I could not stand and see the horses and the TV going, don't go to the track. It was like, saying like you're a junkie and then you see somebody doing it, but you cannot do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it really got into me to, to a point that I started getting upset about everything, you know. So I asked him one day, I said, do you mind if I ride one horse, one? I just want to ride one. I don't want to remember that the last time I rode, they picked me up on the 3 A pole. Even if the horse finished last, I was just going to go around and ride one horse. And she said, you promised me only be one? She goes, look at my eyes and told me. I said, okay, I'm looking the other <laughs> way, I promise. So I went to Puerto Rico to ride after five years almost, and the horse won. So I said, do you mind if I come back and ride on the British Cup, only on the British Cup? She said, you told me it was one day. I said, well, one day in Puerto Rico, one day here. (laughs) This is New York. So I started getting on horses, trying to go for the British Cup, and Alan Jerkin had me on two horses. And then the day before, they entered for the British Cup. He said, I got bad news for you. I said, I'm not going to run on my two horses. I said, well, I guess that's the end of my comeback. So that, But then after that, I got used to it because I was getting on horses in the morning every morning, and I got used to it and didn't miss it that much only on Derby Day or Breeders' Cup Day. Then the days that I said, oh, I wish I could be on a horse, man. Even to this point, when they called the racer for the, for the Breeders' Cup or for the Derby, I said, I wish I was on one horse. <laughs> that might think I'm way, I'm way ahead, you know, like it's not as strong as it was before. But I always thought that if I have a chance to ride when I, when I made it, a comeback, that I would ride on the Breeders' Cup. But it didn't work out. One of the horses you worked in the mornings, I remember, you you worked Uncle Mo, didn't you? All the time. You know, the first time I worked Uncle Mo for Todd, Todd said to me, double O, he called me double O. First time this horse worked in three-eighths, company. Take it easy with him, ride him long because he's a baby. So I had to serve real long, you know, with the company. And we left the pole and his horse is pulling me, man. And I'm all back on him, and he's pulling and pulling. And I said to the guy, would you hurry? He said, I'm going as fast as this horse can go. So we pulled up, came back, and I said to that, he didn't win a derby at the time. I said, he's your derby horse. And he said, double, what, you been smoking? I said, not today. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, why are you going to tell me a horse goes in 37, first time, and you tell me that's my derby horse? I said, well, maybe I'm running. I said, well, we got to see seven days later i work him and he was tougher he said how did you like them i said better than the other day i said you still think he's as good as he's better than he was the other day <laughs> and i work him again and i work him like five times every day i work and he went better and better so i told him i took him to the gate i got him out of the gate for okay so now I said he needs okay with another horse so i said to him why don't you let johnny get on him so he gets to know him because i get on him every day i'm not him. Right? So I said to Johnny, Johnny, you're going to get on a horse. Work and he met a man from the gate. Because I get on him every day. I'm not going to ride him. So I said to Johnny, Johnny, you're going to get on a horse. Work and he met a man from the gate. And that was the best work, but he didn't know it was the best work. I said, How you like? it? You like all these horses you get on him. He said, he Just a horse. I said, No, he's just a horse because he got a tail and four legs. I said, But he's a fast horse. <laughs> he ain't as fast as you think it is. Okay. <laughs> when Uncle started winning and winning and winning. I went to the derby with that. We went for two weeks before, and I was getting on it. But I had that feeling that he wasn't going to make it because he wasn't eating good, you know. And I know that wasn't going to abuse him. And I kept saying to Jenny, I don't know if this horse is going to make the derby. He said, why? I said, no, he's going sound, I said, but he's losing a lot of weight. He's not eating, and Tad, is worried about it. And he's crashed 10 o'clock in the morning the, derby, the day of the derby. And we got lucky and picked up. Uh, Animal Kingdom. It was like 30 to 1 or something like that. But I knew for sure that he was going to be good. Uh, I had that experience before with Wayne, with Saratoga 6 and Landalusi, and they turned out to be good horses. I think when you get on them for a while, you realize if they're that good or not. Because any horse, in on one given, they can put up a fast work, like they could put up a fast race. But when they consistency in the morning, pulling, and I fell in love with that horse and also fell in love with uh, Flower Alley. And he won the the Gene Dandy and he won the Traveller, I fell in love with him. But the problem is that I got emotionally involved with them. And then when they retire or they go to the farm, the day they took Flower Alley to the farm, I was crying like a kid. So I fell in because everybody on the barn are looking at me and I'm going. <laughs> I said, "Go say, go say goodbye to your friend." That was the worst thing. He said, "Go say goodbye to your friend." He's gonna be a daddy. I said, "Man, can I go with him? <laughs> I'll help him. <laughs> he will be a daddy."
1: Angel, do you think it helped when you when you retired? Do you think it helped that you were still so plugged in with you know being Johnny's agent and and where you got the nickname Double O, or everyone refers to you, uh, Michael McCarthy and Todd and JT all refer to you and, and George as Double O because super agent. Did that help quite a bit? You think with that transition?
2: It it did uh, a lot because Tad started to in the business. He started new, and I got Johnny. Johnny was started to get rolling, and I I, I remember Tad because I wrote for Wayne, and Tad was working for Wayne. So I walked to him and said, "Listen, you are going to be a champion, and I got a jacket that's going to be a champion." I said, "You together, hook together, you both going to be a champion." He looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I said, "Just give it a try, as I'm telling you." I said, "I'm telling you this." Get it, this guy's gonna be as good as you're gonna be. And to this point, you know, they, they hooked together and they made a good couple, it lasted a long time too, together. And I used to get on the horses and it was good for me because I could tell Johnny about some of the horses that never run, or I could, you know, when the horses are doing better than he thought. And um, he used to me like finding stuff because every year we come out with a good horse. And I became like that right hand. Every good horse he got, he let me work it. And he liked it when he said, how'd he go, the below? And I said, good. <laughs> how'd he go, the below? Uh, From one to ten, six? Mm. And no, this is his first word. How did you like it? Uh, he went okay, boss. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah. Do you think he can run? I said, yeah, maybe later. <laughs> but not now. Really? <laughs> so when we got the green monkey, that was a big thing came to the van in the morning, and he said, Double, go look at the store number one and see what you see there. I looked, I see this horse like this. And I said, wow. I said, where you get there? And he said, we bought him on the sale last night. Yeah. He said, you know how much he cost? Hmm, 100, 200? More, 400. More, 600. I said, come on, boss. He said, 60 million. I said, you got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> 60 million, you could buy the whole sale. I said, that's what he cost. So now we're going to work him. First of all, he got loose in, in in Kingland, galloping with a guy, and Ty was running on foot on the road, on the on the track. I never saw Ty do that, running. So now we bring him back to New York, and he, he pushed the house walker into the buckets, the feeding buckets, and he got loose. And he got loose, he came out of the barn. The whole man is running after him. <laughs> Everybody that didn't have a horse on the hand went after him, so I'm in the car looking for the green monkey. <laughs> well, five minutes later, we find him. We almost got on the road, but he made it the wrong turn. So when they brought him back and I looked at him, he don't have a little scratch. I said, that, that's not a good sign." What do you mean? I said, man, usually a good horse gets loose and he gets hurt. Said, this horse has been loose twice. I'm not even a scratch on him. Ah! I'm not gonna listen to that. He said to me. <laughs> so I work in the first time. Supposed to go in company 37, 38. I had to hold the other horse by the sour tower, so he could. I could send to the guy, wait for me. He said, I can't no more. So I grabbed him by the side of the tower, so we finished together. Came back. He said, How you like him? I said, It's okay, boss. You're really. I said, You are you kidding, double? O? I said, No. I said, You know. I said, But the first time I work in boss, you know, gotta give him a break. Seven days later, we work. They ain't no good either. He, the 38 tapping him on the shoulder with a stick came back. I said, How'd he go, to the below? I said, Not too good. Really? <laughs> I said, What's wrong with him? I said, No, he's sound. He just. Boss, I said, You told me that he was the fastest eight to the mile on the sale. He couldn't even keep up eight to the mile with these other horses. Something has got to be wrong. I said, Why don't you try somebody else? He said, Yeah, but with you it's better because you're light. He said, I'm going to put somebody else that's bigger and I'm not going to know. Five times I work and five times. What do you think? I said, I don't, boss, I said, you know a lot this. I don't think he can run right now. Really? I said, I don't really think so. So we go on a plane one time with Mr. Table, Mr. Table plane, and he was him and he was tired of myself. And Johnny was gonna ride a horse for them. So we sitting on Mr. Table I said, Come here sit next to me. So I'm sitting in there. Tell me about the green monkey. I said, oh, shit. Man. <laughs> Uh, very pretty horse, Mr. Table. I said, he's handsome. I mean, he can also. He said, stop the bullshit. Tell me, can he run? I said, no, now, maybe later, you know. But I said, no, now. And we went to Saratoga. Yeah, everybody that I bump into asked me about the green monkey. Like, he was, uh, what about the green monkey? I said, it's not green. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. And, you know, I, and, and then that said, maybe he wants to go on grass. So he said, My, Mike McCarthy and myself, and five horses to Hollywood. First time we take him to Hollywood to work, he was ringing, wet, shaky. Mike said, what happened to him? I, I don't know, Mike. I said, but he's, I don't think this horse can run, man. And so he gets all excited, you know, and it didn't work out. I think four hours was the best he did running. Uh, Angel, one of my favorite
1: stories is the, the Mike Tyson story. Uh, when, when he was trying to get you to do the exhibition. Oh.
2: Well, I have a bad experience before with Robert, Roberto Duran. He came into the trial one time when I won my, uh, my 4,000 and he presented the trophy. And George Velasquez Nelson from Panama and he said he invited him to the house to eat and play domino. So after dinner, I went there and we played domino with him. And so his manager said, Listen, he's training tomorrow for the first time he was going to fight Sugar Ray Lena. He said, He's training in the city tomorrow. You and George come and do some from off with him, you know, pictures and everything. He said, I could get you some tickets. I said, oh, yeah, I'll be there. He <laughs> said, so just bring shorts and sneakers. So I bring my shorts my sneaker. I got there, and that place was loaded with people, cameras everywhere, no, no Georgia yet. So the guy said, when you're ready for the picture, you let me know. I said, yeah, I'm ready. I said, so they put the gloves on me and my shorts, my sneakers. So he's all sweating, you know. He knocked out three sparring partners that day, and the guy was yelling at us. said, now you don't have anybody to help you. Look, why do you do that? I said, well, that's what we're paying for. Say, said, yeah, you're paying to help you, not to hit him. Look, I said, three, three knockouts in less than a minute, nobody could do. So he was, like, walking around, pissed off about because the guy was yelling at him. So they put us in front there. He said, you ready? Yeah. So we stand like we're going to fight, right? So he went like that with his hands, and, you know, you You reflect. I raised my hand and he went like that. One on the rib and one over here, a slow one, a slow motion. But I mean, that's (laughs) Duran. I went 110 pounds. My kid used to to hit me I hurt me. Never mind. When he hit me there, he said, I hit you slow. My hair went out. I went down, and he's he's on top of me, sweating all over me. Get up, you little chicken. I didn't hit you out. I'm going to hit you with a baseball bat when I get off from here. I mean, I thought he put his glove through my back. I said to my friend, did I have a glove in the back there? For a week, my root was so sore, you know? He And then he saw me with my daughter in, in the restaurant one day. I say, they call him Cho this is my daughter. He said, that's your daddy? She goes, yes. He said, he's a chicken. I hit him and he don't get up. She goes, daddy, did you fight with him? I said, you called that a fight? He said, he was one punch. I said, I wasn't even ready for it. So now I, I got to Albany and a friend of mine have like a, they call him a titty bar. I don't know you yeah. say that, but whatever. So he said to me, I'm going home. I said, Sal, I'm going home. He said, don't go. Wait 10 minutes. He said, I have somebody I want you to meet. He said, this guy, my touch, on he was on a champion yet. He's going to be a champion. And he comes here. He's a good friend of mine. So I waited. He came. We took a picture together. He introduced me to him. Brought him to the track the next day. I took him to the jockey's room, to the stable area. Everything was good. Three days later, at 1 o'clock in the morning, telephone. My wife said, the telephone's high. I said if somebody's in jail, I can't get him out. If somebody got hurt at the hospital. I said, I can't do three o'clock. I get up at five o'clock too. I ain't gonna you gotta do it. Maybe it's an emergency on the bone. I pick up the telephone. Oh well. Angel, you sleeping? No. I'm taking the i and reading the racing phone at three o'clock in the morning. somebody wants to talk to you. So he didn't give me a chance to tell I was sleeping. He said, hello, Angel, this is Mike. No, oh, Mike, how are you? Now I'm awake. How are you, Mike? Oh, good, good. I said, listen, I need a favor from you. I thought when he ne- needed a favor that he needed something, a gaggle, a web, meet a jockey, something, you know, that had to do with the race. Talk. I said, sure. What is it? He said, when well, I'm doing 10-round exhibition for charity for kids with cancer, with ten celebrity. And I want you to come and do a round. I said, oh, man, Mike, I... Know. I can't do that because I gotta work a lot of horses. He said, listen, it's gonna be quick. And he said, I'm not gonna even swing. You swing, I just gonna dog. And just for the public to see him. But I don't wanna tell him that Duran knocked me out. I mean my wife is listening too. I said, Well you know Mike, what happened is I'm going for leading rider. I ride nine horses tomorrow. No, it was two days before. I ride nine horses and I gotta get on horses in the morning. And I don't gonna have the time. He said, this is what we do. We're going to send you a limo here. The limo will be there at 9. You get on it. 9.45, you'll be in Albany. We get in the ring at 10.15. you You be at Saratoga at 11.30. You could do that. I'm like, why you keep hitting me with the, with the elbow? I said, yeah. I said, well, my, you know, that's going to be tough, man. But, you know, he said, you will really do me a favor. I will really appreciate it. I said, oh, Okay. So now I'm thinking, man, oh, this guy don't swing at me. <laughs> so the next day, the day before, on Friday night, the telephone rings at 30 in the morning again. I said, oh, shit. Pick up the telephone. Hello, Angel, you sleeping? I'm just resting. Who's there? This is Mike. You better rest, because I'm going to kick your ass tomorrow. <laughs> I put the telephone down I said, what happened? I said, they canceled the exhibition. <laughs> I'm not going now. I'm not going. I'm not going. I went to work in the morning. I'm not going. In the afternoon, I rode three horses. I'm coming back after the race. I see this guy with a hood on him. tapped me on my shoulder. I turned and he was there. He said, Did I scare you? I said, Yes, you did. Uh, <laughs> he was laughing, man. He scared the shit of me when he said, I'm going to kick the shit out of you, man. Know? Because look at what happened after. <laughs> he turned crazy. <laughs> but he was nice, you know. But, ah, man, that was embarrassing because to tell, I wasn't going to tell him that Duran knocked me down. <laughs> I was too embarrassed too you know?
1: um, we, had, we had dinner one night in Saratoga With uh, Lafitte the third, And you told the story and There's a couple of fun stories with, with his father Lafitte Jr. But the one that I thought was a fun starting point Is when uh, he called you a really nice name The first time you met uh, no, Lafitte I mean, Jr. Yeah,
2: But you know I Do you know how much Little Lafitte and I look like don't I? <laughs> I mean, we, like, we look like twins. I always told his father, I'm surprised that you never hit me. She goes, why? Because look at the way you son looks just like me, man. <laughs> He's <laughs> peed the coffee out. <laughs> he was laughing so hard. But anyway, <laughs> I went to for Wayne Lucas, and I rode in entry with Lafitte. So he drove me back to the airport that night. He said, you have a ride. And I said, I usually take a taxi. And he said, no, I'll take you. So he drove me back. Oh, we talked a little bit, you know, and we know each other for a while. So, when we got off, we got, got to the airport, he opened the trunk. I got my tack, and he gave me a hug. He said, I'll see you next week, campeon. Man, he was like Michael Jordan calling you campeon. When he said that, I really took it you know. I took my pack, hug. I was walking, going there. Got on a plane. I usually take my shoes, open my pad, and go to sleep. I said, Man, I could not go to sleep. He looked like, oh, <laughs> I kept thinking about the work. I said, that was the first time I read. Because it's not when somebody else calls you, but when somebody that is that good. So I was very impressed. I get the red eye, 5.30 in the morning, galante there, my wife goes pick me up. Say said, how you did, baby? I said, whoa, 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 whoa. happened to you? I said, number one, I didn't win. Said, but why are you so happy? I said, because Lafie told me I'm a campeon champion. From now on, when you address to me, you address to me as a champion. <laughs> she goes, okay, campeon, you ready to go? Yeah. Campeon, you hungry? Yeah, every time, he kept bugging me. So a week went by, I went back to California to ride for Wayne, and now Wayne entered with Lafitte again. So they had this little kid that had the bucket that carried the chamois that you put underneath the saddle so the saddle don't sleep. So that's his job. As soon as you get off the horse, you got to give him the chamois. So we both got beat. So I'm taking my tattoo go check, and they keep on running. Lafitte, they champion. me, he goes, i give it to you later, campeon. I said, oh. <laughs> Ay, he calls everybody campeon, man. When I got home, I was sold. And I won the race. And then when I got home, I was sold. I, my wife said, what happened? You got dated or something like that? I said, you win and you're not happy. I said, I'm not a campeon anymore. <laughs> I, I was down, seriously, when somebody called you. <laughs> I didn't know that he calls everybody campeon. So, me, I call everybody Papa because I don't want to mix up with the names. The owner. Hey, Papa. Hey, Mama. I call this lady Mama, the lady that used to own So I used to write politely for her. I walk into the Power was like that. Hi, Mama. And everybody looks <laughs> me. <said>, me? Yeah. And <laughs> uh, Mr. Nero's wife used to tell me, you could call him Daddy, but don't call me Mama. <laughs> Some people don't like it, but, you know, I can't forget the names. I remember horses, a face, a horse I will never forget. Person, if I don't see him in a year, I'm serious. And I see the face. I could see your face and not remember. And then you see the guy. By the smile, you know, when they coming at you, you're going to hug him or shake hands. If the smile is too big,
1: hey,
2: (laughs) how you doing? So I and then say, remember me? I said, of course. He said, What's my name? I said, Ah now you're gonna play game with me, what's your name? Oh, <laughs> come on, Papa, man. You know for each other, man. But I won't tell the name because I mix the names, man. What what do you, what do you what do you what do you have Bob Baffert saved in your phone as, isn't it something funny? Bob Baffert? Yeah. That he uh, he called me one time and he told me that I guess he missed my ex wife, he said. I just met your ex wife. I said, Can you give me another news that is not that bad? <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, when I talked to him he talks to me in Spanish oh okay he's pretty good in Spanish and he's the only trainer that don't write me but when I call and he answered back <laughs> <laughs> I call him or text him right away he answers, thank you <laughs> oh how you doing but he was not writing
1: <laughs> what about uh? what about the time that you thought you were in a movie with with, uh, with Lafitte
2: when you guys went to that no we went to a restaurant yeah. they, uh, we, uh, we went to California to ride and that night we went out to the Western. It was a, it was a hotel next to San Anita, oh. and we got there in the Western. It was there, Fran Martín, Pancho Martín, Milo Valenzuela was there. It was like we were seven people on the table, and uh, we had this little guy that was a little heavy, little fat sitting in there. So all of a sudden I'm sitting in there and I hear <laughs> lights went off. I thought because it's all in California, my first time in California. I said, well, that's gotta be somebody like making a move. They got, everybody on the floor. And everybody hit the floor. It was like a dead hit to hit the floor. Paul Lafitte could not go under the table because the fat guy was there. <laughs> so I kept pushing him and said, Lafitte, get in there. I said, I can't, the guy won't let me in. So I hear the guy say, search everybody and whoever don't have any money, shoot him. Amen. Oh, man, that was, uh, and Lafitte said, take your ring off and take your thing off. He said, this is serious. I said, this is not a game. No, 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 this is serious. So when we landed there, I said to Lafi Lafi, let me five dollars. <laughs> he said, I don't have no money with me. I said, I guess we both going to die. <laughs> when the guy said he had no money, shoot him, man. I, said, I don't have the money with me. I said, "Lafi, let me five dollars. <laughs> he didn't have no money either. So they kept up there about two hours. So I said to the policeman, I said, he said, nobody, nobody can leave. Now we got to interview everybody. I said, could you do me a favor? You tell my wife that you have me here because if I don't show up <laughs> my wife, is going to get mad me. <laughs> she said, well, that's not my job. I said, I understand that. I said, but can you just tell him that you're a police? And you <laughs> just say something to her so she believes me because she ain't going to believe that, that, somebody, you know, that we got assaulted in, in, in the restaurant.
1: Uh, I know, you know, we've met because of my relationship with Jake. It was the first time that that we got to meet. And uh, Jake's told me a story about his dad telling you if you won, I don't know if it was the Demoiselle, or if you won a race, he's going to get you a car. And So I wanted you to tell that story, but it ended up being the car, you gave Johnny the car when he moved
2: here, right? Well, he he drove it. Oh, he I drove. don't give it to him, but he drove it. Well, uh, the guy that was in charge for Mr. Bala's manager or something, that called me, and asked me to ride one in the Ransom and one in the Demoiselle. One was an alley that called, he was a maiden. And the other one, I brought her maiden, very easy, and then the next time they run him on a gray one and she run no good. So I told my agent, I said, You know, we open. I said, the guy said that if I win one of these horses, he'll give me a car. I said, Yeah, he could give you a plane. No, no, then two horses got a chance. I said, you know, but if we don't ride, we got a better chance being in there. And yeah, you can't win it. He said, Maiden and the other one got beat a pole the other day and she's running on a great one. They got no chance. I said, But if we don't ride if we don't have a mountain, I wanna ride him. So the guy said, I'll give you a car. If the horse win the first one run fifth and the one was goodbye hello and she opened up on the lee and once you like 22 to 1 win so the next day here the door I open the guy said Angel Cordero I said that's who I was before I went to bed <laughs> he said "Here," he give me the key I said what is that for it's a red Mercedes convertible and they got the top on in and out uh, I you got the wrong house. That's not my car. I said, yeah, that's your car. I said, sir, that's not my car. I mean, no. It's your car. He said, the registration's not in your name. Here's the key. You do whatever you want with it. That's your car. So I'm ah, for free. So I called my accountant. Because I always wanted it to buy a Mercedes. He told me you can't afford it. Mercedes. I <laughs> say, hey, Papa, guess what? I said, what? I said, Somebody give me a Mercedes. Said, they give you a Mercedes? I said, yeah. For free? I said, yeah. I said, brown news, man. He said, well, I got bad news for you. You can't have it. I said, what do you mean I can't have it? I had him already. I got the key on it. He goes, 30000 thousand the taxes. I said, we can't afford it right now to pay 30000 I said, you got to ask the guy if he wants to pay the taxes. I said, how am I going to ask the guy that give me a car to pay the taxes for me? I said, I guess I can't have the car." So I called him. He said, I'm sorry. Uh, very nice when you give me a nice present nobody ever give me something like that which is true either before or after i said but i can't take it because it's too much the to taxes for me right now he said don't worry about that that's all covered you don't have to pay anything for it oh and then every friend of mine that said you want to drive mercedes johnny the first time he's going to go to the city i, said, take my- I can't take that car I said, take it man it's just a car i said listen they give it to me for free don't worry about <laughs> nothing every friend that i got i let him drive the car i had 17 speeding ticket on it because I thought I was riding groovy on the red light. Wow. That was fast, man. I was just having fun with the car. <laughs> but, but I had to sell him because my, my accountant said, man, you're going to be in jail. He said, you too many speeding tickets. <laughs> he said, You got to get rid of that car.
1: So, I've I've ridden with you before in the car. You, I, I didn't get to see you ride a lot. I've seen videos. But you drive like I heard you rode.
2: <laughs> That's what my wife said. <laughs> my kids too. My wife said that when I drive, I take two lanes. He said, and you, the guy behind you doesn't know what he's gonna do. I said, I don't care what he thinks. He said, but you think you're in the race? I said, well, I gotta save room in case. You know, so I drive on top of the white line and whenever it's line, I go around him. You know when you're gonna get out of the exit and they have that big line, people waiting for the exit. I go all the way around. She said, what are you doing? I said, we are only gonna screw one. It's either the one in front or the one behind. Say How are they going to be mad? I said, No, I look at the faces. If the face looks tough, I don't screw him. <laughs> it's a lady or an old guy or something that looks like, boom, boom. I drop in and they blow the home, but that's it. You know, I don't make no line in the road. Or she she gets mad at me. <laughs> she said, I'm going to get in trouble one day, and I did. Coming out of the, the mall, I shot somebody off by mistake. I didn't do it on purpose that time. I didn't see him, and I went into his lane and he blowed it. <laughs> And I went like that with my hand, like this, you know, but with the window, the red light, I stop, come next. I see him in, in, the, in the window, he opened the trunk, he got something, and his friend got on one side of the car, where Rimey was, and the other guy got on my side of the car. And he hit the, the window like that. And I looked at him, and he went, ah! and, he went and got on the car. He changed <laughs> his mind. I wasn't going to open the window. <laughs> And I wasn't going to get off the car. So my wife said, what would you do? I said, well, what am I going to do? When the lights change, I just keep going. And then if he stay in the middle, I'll take him. I ain't getting off the car. You don't want to get off the car in the street anymore. Man.
1: No. It's too dangerous. You got, a, you got a new car, and you parked it out in front of Todd's barn.
2: And oh, man. Todd was Todd was messing with you a little bit. Huh? Yeah. I uh, had this new car. My son got it for me. And uh, Todd said, 006. You wanna go get some breakfast? So give me a hundred dollars. But that doesn't like the two dollar bills or doesn't like the $50 bill. So whenever they change game, it's like <laughs> it's a $50 bill, he's gonna give it to me. So I went and got breakfast. But I noticed when I brought the breakfast, my McCarthy and him stayed in the office And they was outside. So I said, okay, we said I'm going to my entry. I'm going to get on the car, and the car started rum, rum. the alarm. Boom, boom, boom. But I don't know how to work with the thing. I said, I can't find my, my thing to open. A car was open, but I can't find the thing to stop the alarm. So I kept looking and looking. I don't know nothing about car. I opened the hook. Oh, there's no alarm. Okay. Close the hook. Sit on the car again. Start going again. Oh, so the might say, double You, your car is disturbing the horses. Can't eat. I said, you gotta stop that. I said, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. So I'm pushing him back to the end. Now I get to the end, and some of the people that were for George Weaver came in and said, "Mandy, anybody you knows about car? He said, this car, every time I'm going to sit in, the alarm goes in. So the guy said, no, but we could call the alarm. So he's going to call the alarm on just when he was going to call the alarm. Went, no, 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 don't do that. He said, we was doing that to you. <laughs> then he said, that did it. And Todd said, no, I didn't do it. He did it. I said, both of you owe me one. You know, But I could not get even with that. My like I cannot get even with it. M-
1: McCarthy said you were calling your son. You were screaming Oh, at yeah.
2: Him. I called my son. I said, you ungrateful son of a gun. I said, I raise you. I teach you how to walk. And look <laughs> at the lemon you gave me. That's a lemon. I couldn't even sit on it. But, Daddy, that's a brand new car. Maybe you, you don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, I know I don't know how to deal. I said, I know how to drive, but I don't. the, the alarm keep going on and on. I insulted him. Okay. What about the time you met Bob Marley? Oh, was, I had this friend of mine that used to work for him. His name was Dan. And every time he came to New York, he was working for Marvin Gaye first. And he said, You want to see Marvin Gaye? I gave you some tickets, you come. And so I went and met him behind. So a month later, he said, I got somebody coming into New York. That is better than Marvin Gaye. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Marvin Gaye was a big horse. He said, what's his name? He said, this guy's name is Bob Moly. I said, who the hell is Bob Moly? He said, you ever hear that I shot the Chevy? I said, I don't even know who shot it, but I never heard him. <laughs> so I said, but you're going to like it. But I said, no, I can't go down. I didn't go, so time went by. I go to Ohio Leah to ride on a big race one day, and he came to the track. He was a very, very nice guy, man. And he said to me, do you have a ride after the races? I said, no, I usually take a taxi to the airport. He said, I'll take you. When we came out, he got a white, uh, what's the big car, the real good ones?
1: Like a Rolls Royce? A
2: Rolls Royce, white Rolls Royce. He said, here, drive it to the airport. I said, I'm going to look like a flight on a glass of milk, man, driving <laughs> a white Rolls Royce all over the place. So we got to the airport. He said, why don't you go and find out if you're playing it sometime because you the it in planes. are away way late. And find out, I'll wait for you here. So I go there, and the lady said, you're playing delay for two hours and a half. I said, no, shit, man. All day without eating, without breakfast. So I came out, I said, man, you know, you was right. I said, I'm, it's come and I'll take you to eat somewhere. We got two hours. I said, but I'm not hungry. I just finished writing, you know, my stomach's still going. I said, but uh, I know you don't smoke, I said, and I usually don't do. I said, but you could get me one joint. I said, that probably give me hungry, and then maybe we could eat. <laughs> He said, well, I know you don't do it because I didn't want to insult but he said, but I'll take you somewhere. So he dry, 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 this way. Pull up on the car. He comes, this guy with hair, the hair mixed up. He got short sleeper. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Bro? Hey, uh, Bob, say hello to N.J. N.J. say hello to Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, N.J. Okay. We go, N.J. wants to join. Oh, come on to the house. He comes to the house. So he rose one, get to me, and he wrote one for him. So we're talking. So he goes, how was your day? I said, Good. How was yours? He said, I was just here chilling. Good. Three, four seconds go by. He said, Where do you live? I said, I live in New York, Long Island. I said, Where do you live? He said, Well, Jamaica, Miami, and California. I said, Wow. Five minutes go by. He said, How business going? I said, business going good. How's yours? He said, Oh, too much business for me. My friend started laughing. So he turned around and he said, Now, nah, why are you laughing? He said, Because he doesn't know who you are, you don't know. I said, This is Bob Mali, this is Angel. I said, You Bob Mali said, You yeah. okay? We like, Let's light another one. And that's my introduction to you. And he was like, I was surprised. Because he said, say hello to Bob. So say hey, Bob. But you know, every time he asked me a question, asking him the same question, Bob.
1: Angel, you uh one of the first times we had dinner, you told a story that uh it was pretty impractical. It's not a, It's not as funny as your Bob Marley story. Um, it was when you had the death threats uh, because of, I don't remember which derby it was. You'll know which one it was. And they made you post parade by yourself
2: oh, at the Preakness. after pregness. the Preakness. Uh, when I wrote Kodaks, after the Preakness, that was getting a lot of haymail mail. And they was going to kill me and they was going to blow my house and everything. And uh, the police said, we're going to give you three detectives that gonna drive behind you in just in case. But when I was driving, every time I turn, I don't know if that car was the one following me or the one to kill me. I could go in different ways to go to my house. So the third day I went to store and I said, I don't want anybody following me anymore, man. I say, 'cause I'm nervous now. Every time I see a car, I don't know if that's the car supposed to help me or that's the car supposed to kill me. So two days later they called me and say, uh, we have bad news for you. I said, Stuart, I have bad news for you. I said, I not even rode yet, they can't give me days. I said, what's the bad news? He said, you're going to have to take off your horses. I said, why? He said, because we got an anonymous call that they're going to shoot you in the parade. I said, sir, if I take off today, I have to take off tomorrow and the next day, so I will never be a jockey again because I have to leave my house. I said, they killed the president, and he have a lot of people. If they want to kill me, they're going to kill me anyway. I'm not going anywhere. So they made me parade for two weeks all by myself. I got to go five minutes before everybody else. I hit the track five minutes before the other horses for two weeks. So I told them one time, I said, you're making it, you know, like a tiger on me. You're sending me all by myself there. It's easy to kill me if I'm by myself. But they said, we don't want to put the other guys in in jeopardy. I said, I know, but it's not fair. If they do that now, I would have been rich. The same thing when I rode in the derby, I rode in French, he was 12 horses in the race. Uh, they called me to search me before the race. I'm going up the step and when, when we were on in Belmont, the like Pinkerton there, I said, Stuart wants to see you, and me and Ron Turcutt. So we both walk in there, and when we walk in there, I see people with suits and a lady with a little thing. So He said, well, we have an anonymous call that you're gonna ride this horse with a joint and we wanna search you. So I tell him, I said, the joint I got doesn't reach to his neck. So he said, you've been very disrespectful. I said, well, what do you call me? You, you, you most disrespectful to me. He's 12 horses in the race. I'm the only one. So Ran to said, I don't want to be here. And he left. He said, I don't want to be a witness. So they, they made me put my pants down. They searched me and everything. I wish they do that now. <laughs> I'd be a big owner. <laughs> Out of the 12 horses, I was the only one. i would never been lucky uh, years ago. You know, I got very lucky at the end of my career because I made friends with the with the press. Because years ago, if you win the title, money title, you'll be Eclipse that I winner. I win it four times, and I only got two eclipses Because they they, uh, frankly, won the Prigny's on a spectacular bet, he said something in TV that I look like a monkey climbing a tree or something like that. So the newspaper people came in at my locket trying to make me like, you You hear what he saying, TV and. So I told him, I said, this is my locket, that's his locket. When he come back, if he has something to tell me, then I'm giving an answer. But they kept going. So I went to the clock, and I said, listen, I got one more horse to ride. And these people are all over me with microphones and cameras in my locket. Said, they, they don't let me concentrate. So he told me, I can't do nothing about that. Freedom of the press, they there. So, so you cannot do nothing. You cannot help me to take him away from me until I ride. Nothing that we could do. So I said, okay, I know what to do. You know, they put buckets of water to all the jacks after the race so you could watch your face. I uh, had five buckets of water. I threw all of them. It was 25 of them. Waka, I got everybody. So nobody liked me after. They was writing bad articles. So finally, it was one guy in the press that did, liked me and told me, I'm going to give you an advice. You could take it if you want to. You don't have to. He said, if you want to win the Cliffs of the World, you better make friends with the press because we both. He said, me, myself, I like you. I don't care your temperament. I don't care what you are. I like, but not everybody goes on the same horse. Not everybody's going to like you. I said, so. Do you ever want to win a Chat Award, become friends with some of them. And I became with most of them. And, you know, it was good, but it was too late for me. It was... It was-
1: Angel, I mean, obviously, you know, we see it nowadays. Even great players, great athletes get hated because they're great. But... So I'm sure your greatness had a lot to do with some of that. But, you know, we've talked about it before. I mean, how much of it do you think had to do with, the, you know, the color of your skin?
2: When I got here in the 60s, it was very strong. Racist was very strong. I went to a couple of restaurants that they didn't serve me. Uh, I was driving around with a friend of mine that was Spanish, but he was white. So he passed for white. So every time we went to the restaurant, they serve him and they don't serve me. So he used to tell me, go in the car, i bring it to you. So I said, why? He said, they don't want to serve you. I rent a couple of houses, and when they, I rented one house one time. It was a strike in California, so I went to Miami to ride. So I sent my ex-wife to California first. So she got the house. Bobby Franco and Tony Mato helped them to get the house. When I got to California, and I went to go in the house, the guy's standing on the porch. He said, can I help you? I said, no, I live here. I said, you don't live here? I said, yeah. So he was the owner of the house. 10 minutes later, Tony called me, and said, we got to leave. He said, the guy's going to give you the deposit back so if you in the house. So I went through that a lot of times. They didn't serve me. And and the stewards over here, when I first got here, I got suspended in Puerto Rico because I called the starter an asshole. I don't know if you could say that. <laughs> yeah, you could say it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they gave me six months. So I rode a horse. They had this line, you know the line that you guys put when they show the races. Yeah. They had this line in the, in Puerto Rico. You leave that line to another line, you get in trouble. So I was like six lengths in front, and my horse was drifting, and he went from one lane to the other lane. But he was nobody behind. so they gave me uh, a month suspension for that. So now it's seven months. So I called this lawyer that is a, a owner, and I told him he was a judge first, and then he became a lawyer. So if, so I told him what happened. He said, "Well, I could get you that." I said, "You want to write?" I said, i want going to." We got an injunction. I was the first jackie ever got an injunction in Puerto Rico. Start riding. But the same day that I started riding, they took my number down again, and they gave me another month. Now I got like nine months suspension. So um, he said to me, we're going to appeal. He said, I think you're going to be the suspensions. He said, but you're not going to be call the calling that started an asshole. But he, he called me chicken in Spanish. You know, he called me that I was like, my horse was trying to get under the door. And I said, I need somebody. He said, don't, not talking in the gate. I said, what I'm going to do with the horse? So he said, you got three days for talking. I said, but I need a man more well, no, no, you got six days. I said, that's the way it is in here. I said, now you got nine days. I said, man, you shut up. He said to me, you're getting a little coward on me. And I said, you're getting a little asshole on me. <laughs> six months. So my lawyer said, I could not help you on that. He said, but let me see if I can plea bargain. So he goes to the commissioner, and they told him that they will leave my suspension if I leave Puerto Rico. He said, if he leaves Puerto Rico, we release the suspension. Otherwise, he's going to have to do the nine months. So my lawyer said, what do you want to do? I said, well, I guess I'm going to leave. So I left. So at that time, you're supposed to have a, a good standing letter from the steward that you're in good standing to write here. So I went for the good standing letters. So they gave me two letters, but they were sealed. So I take him to the steward. Well, one letter was for the good stand, and the other letter telling the steward, be careful with him, because he got a big mouth and he's tough and he, he you know he likes to curse and he likes to bow on everybody and so one of the stewards said, Are you well likened in your country? I thought I was. <laughs> I said, Yeah, they love me there. <laughs> he said, No, according to this letter. So send that they got him with me, you know. They they really Everybody will get seven days, I will get 10. Sometimes 15. One day I got 20. And it was like a parade. Every time they take my number down, the, the store say, all oh, jockeys to the movies, they all come in. None of them give me a hand. None of them. You think he did the, the good effort? Nobody say anything. So Icasa one time went to talk for me. Because uh, I don't speak that much in the beginning. I say, Icasa, you know, telling about... So he cast and said, Judge, can I say something? So he said, no, no, you don't say anything, because he would want you to get dates all the time. <laughs> so he said, you, you cannot be a lawyer. Said, you, you're worse than him, they told him. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing when Ida called me for. Do you remember the disqualification in um, the Beverly D was in, in King? In, in Arlington? In Arlington, and they gave him to uh, yeah. To Ira what's that what's what's One the of chances? the European yeah. nurses came yeah. up. Yep. So secret gesture I think was they her. appealed so Ira asked me said, could you help me with the movie I said sure so I said well send me the movie I want to see what I'm watching so I watched the movie and it, the whole thing came out in front of him he was from here to what, but he did came out in front of him so now they had the, hear, the hearing and I'm in the telephone and this lady that is tough lawyer I don't know what her name is but she uh, what's your name Sanjay Cordero he said, are you the same guy that they accused of fixing races in 1978? And I said, are you the same bitch? Boom, and they cut me off. <laughs> they caught me off. The guy, asked, the, the guy said, you can't say that. I said, well, she's telling something that is not fair. That you being pointed or accused, but you're not being condemned. She just, you don't say that to me. I said, but man, I heard that she's a bitch, so that's what it's gonna <laughs> I was going to take. Are you the same bitch that everybody, well, they cut me off. So I, I could not be a lawyer to anybody. No. I want to be Johnny's lawyer the day he put his, uh, he got big like that, and he was hitting the horses with the with the goggles. Oh, big the big beast, yes. Yeah, uh uh-huh. beast, beast, So we, I'm his lawyer, now we're going, but the hitting is, the stewards, they're they not going to go against what they say. So I, when it was my turn to talk, the guy said, we don't need your opinion. <laughs> they won't let me say anything. So I said, man, I'm the only witness that can say nothing there. They won't let me say anything. When you when you get days and you appeal, 10 out of 10, you're guilty, regardless of what. They won't go back. Because the people that look at the races are the people that put the, the stewards in there. So they're not going to go against them. And it could be black and white. There's just still, no way. Do you think it's better...
1: Now, it seems significant. I've always heard it's more relaxed now. The guys get significantly less days than you guys got. Do you think that they should be getting more days, or do you think that it, it, it was better when you were riding or better now?
2: Was it, it was safe that when we was riding because we wasn't allowed to do that. If I was riding now, I probably would win a 1,000 races more. Uh, they more willing now to accept more contact and race riding, like they call them. Before, if I was in front and I start drifting, they call herder, or oh, you heard him. If I turned around one time, I was on L.E., and he was room on the inside. I turned around to see if somebody was there. The guy that was there saw me turn around, pulled up, and went around, claimed found. They took me down. The two, I said, you intimidated him. I said, all I did was look. He said, yeah, but he didn't know what were you going to do. I said, what, do you want me to put a sign here? And I'm just looking. <laughs> I said, you know... I mean, they used to give me day for whatever, you know, and it it came to a point that I know they were speaking on me because I was from another country. And I could tell by the atmosphere in the Jackie's room that if it was 20 Jackie's in there, 17 of them, didn't like me. Didn't like when I speak Spanish. Didn't like when I put my music in Spanish. I had the Puerto Rican flag and the American flag on my locker and the cloaca came and took the Puerto Rican flag on the floor. I said, why you do that? He said, you in American. I said, oh, but Puerto Rico is American too. But, you know, they, they really was tough, tough, tough. Now it's different. It's no races at all. Now they were very particular about women working. You hardly see like in the 60s, 70s, women, says "Say boy or nothing now, training, walking, they open, you know. And they were very fussy about certain things, but I, I didn't think my color was agree with them, you know. Because when you, at the time when you fill up your license, they give you a choice on what you are, they put B or W, black or white. So I went to the lady and I said, I don't know how to do this. He said, well, he said, what are you, are you white? I said, no. I said, well, I said, but I'm not black. I said, Well, You got to put one of the two. Now you're African American, you got title. We black people got titles now, you know. Not just, <laughs> we just not play black now. <laughs> we're from African-American, or you come from somewhere, you're Spanish. But years ago, that was the way it was. And it, it was hard for me to understand because that doesn't exist in my country. My country have all kinds. You got white, blonde, black, real black. Uh, color, as long as you got straight hair, you're not supposed to be black. You could be dark, but you got good hair, you're not black. We well, here, no matter the well, you're black. You're from Puerto Rico, you're black. And that's it. But it's not being black being bad. It's the way they treat it. But last night, as a matter of fact, last night my son came in. He was talking about the racism. So he don't believe it, what I thought. And I said, okay, putting you to, uh, uh, eh. so in the 60s, the, the races, how they hang the people in there and how. And he was like, I can't believe because I used to tell them, but, you know, they live in different era. Now, they're, uh, they're white, too. They don't have no problem. My kids are white.
1: <laughs> hey, guys, I hope you are enjoying this as much as I enjoyed doing it. I've actually listened to it four times since. It's, uh, that's really hard to do to listen to yourself talk, but just listening to Angel has been uh, one of the greatest things I've ever done professionally. I wanted to take the time to thank our friends at Qatar Racing for making this possible uh, without their support these JK plus one episodes would never have happened. So we want to thank them. And we also want to uh, give them a, a little bit of a good luck this weekend. Caravelle Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint Champion is back in the Shaker Town, April 8th at Keeneland. And we're looking forward to seeing her run. If you know me, you've heard me talk a lot about Caravelle. I've been a huge fan of Caravelle, which is why it's so annoying that I did not have $1 on her to win the Breeders' Cup turf sprint. But the good news is, she'll be back as a six-year-old this year, and there'll be plenty of opportunities. Unfortunately, she probably won't be 40-1. to Again, wanted to thank uh, Qatar Racing for their support. Thank you so much, and enough of me, and let's get back to the legend himself, Angel Cordero. Jonathan Thomas, when I talked to him about this, he he, uh, he said that he told a story that he wanted to make sure that we talked about, which is that you, one day you picked him up and you guys went to go eat and you ate at a Cuban restaurant down here, Victor's or something like that. He said it was, he said it was the greatest five hours of his life because he had posters of you on his wall and he got to spend all this time with you. But he said it wasn't the, these funny stories. It wasn't you being a great rider, It was, you drove him around And showed him like the neighborhoods that you lived in and that when you first came here and he said it was it was rough. And he wanted us to highlight the fact that, yes, you're you're Angel Cordero and we get to see the happy, smiling, funny Angel Cordero. But your life was it wasn't all it didn't start easy.
2: I always have problems since I came to this country. uh, Because I didn't speak English, not that I speak English now, but (laughs) speak less. I, I used to get lost driving on the subway. I have my address in a piece of paper and every time I was lost, I put it in the people's face. Somebody sent me that way they sent me the other way. I did and I live in bad places, you know, I live on a house that they, they robbed me seven times. So I told my wife at the time, I said why don't we do like they do in Puerto Rico? All the houses got these big bars, white bars on there. All the houses in Puerto Rico, like all of them. So we put bars, it was like eleven windows and the door, and we put bars everywhere. We went to Saratoga, and when we came back from Saratoga, what they did was they took a cable and put them on a truck, and when they pulled the bar, they pulled the whole wall, came off. So we walk in, and the house is missing one wall. So I got the neighborhood, they said they never saw anything. You know, nobody sees anything. So I told them, I said, it's time to leave. Because they, 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 they robbed us seven times, and the cars, it was, the only car that they never took was my car. And I used to have my pony in the garage, and they never took the pony or the car, but they took every car. My wife's car, my kid's car, my friend's car. Every time somebody came to sleep over, the next morning the car was on there. It became very, very tough neighborhood. When I bought him, when I bought the house, he was good, but I guess they start moving around. I have the one day about one o'clock in the morning, the bell on the door, and I come down and say, soul brother on the door with a trophy in his hand. He goes, you want to buy a trophy? And I looked at it, and he had my name underneath. I said, that's my trophy. He goes, not anymore, $20, <laughs> I'll give it to you. So I give him the $20, I said, why did you do that? I said, because he's gonna come back and steal again if I don't give him the $20. I said, what's the difference, $20? So. But they steal, they, that was a bad neighborhood, very bad neighborhood.
1: Angel, uh just uh, one another story that uh, the, the helicopter
2: is, is one of my favorites. When Leroy left me? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was riding this horse called London Company for Little Jolly. God rest his peace there. Uh, I won like three or four races in Miami with him. Then he didn't run on a while and he went to run in the United Nations. And he poured in rain a day, like The traveled this deep. And he usually come from behind all the time. Georgie was riding a horse called Hallow. And he was a good grass, he was a favorite. So they walked the first, but they went 26 and change, 53 and change. Maho got very rank. When he got to the backside, he wanted it to go. I had no place to go, so I had to bring it to the outside because I was almost clipping here. So he got head ahead with hello, like, before the half a mile, and Georgie was sitting in there doing anything. And I'm 10 for home in the stretch, and we're battling, left, right, left, right, and he beat me like that. So before the race, he took he took me on his private plane, Mr. Firestone plane. I have short, flea flats, t shirt, and my tack. I had no money, no life. So I'm just gonna go on a plane to ride a horse and come back. So when the horse got beaten nose, I came back. He called me all kind of sin. You stupid Puerto Rican, you shit. you hold my horse. I said, I hold your horse. That was one of the biggest races at the time. I got beaten nose. You nothing but a stupid he kept yelling at me, yelling at me, and he got me to a pond when we got close to the jockey room, and I said, hey, you, gringo, and he walked, <laughs> and walked in the jackie room, took a shower, water-blown senior, tell me, you need it right? I said, I need right to the private airport. When we got there, no plane. And look, I said to the guy, what happened to the plane that was there? I said, the, the guy with the red face with a little thing like that? I said, oh, they left. I said, they what? They left. They left, they left me there. And I had no money, I have, so Waterblum drove me back, all the way from Jersey to New York. That's why I became such a good friend with him. But he left me there. But one night, we was riding in Maryland, and I have, they used to send the helicopter for us after the races. So after the race, I seemed to say, going back, Leroy is coming with us. So we got to where uh, the helicopter to take off, no Leroy. We got in the car, I pulled $20, said to the pilot. Let's go. He said, what about the guy? I said, he's not going. We started going this way. He comes. I said, hey, there he is. There he is. I said to the guy, that's not him. That's not him. <laughs> so he, he, he landed back. And as soon as Leroy walking, I said, I told him, he was going to leave you. But he didn't say anything. <laughs> you're going to get even. I got even in the picnic. What the hell? <laughs> Pleasant colony. Um, and then your ride right on him in the Travers. Well, he, you know, he run the Belmont, and he didn't run anymore, and he wanted to get back straight to the Travers only on workout. And he, they took Georgie off because he got beat, and he poured in rain that day. And the horse lo- lost the mud, but the horse that beat him lost the mud more. And he was muddy. I was, I had like 10 goggles on him, and I went through all of them. And he came, he never made it. He got there, he got there. and Then I rode him back against the older horses, and he won. And then I had to get off to write a piano from him. He was a nice horse, but he was uh, he was tough to run a horse from the Belmont straight to the Travers because it's a lot of work that you had to put on him. Who?
1: What about um, Seattle Slew? Is that the best horse you ever? By far.
2: Not yes. even close. <laughs> no, the closest one that I rode that came to him is Lugo Gold, and He was a great horse, but. Said of look, give him a sixteen to the mile, and blew by him. We went to uh, a, a I think one day in a the restaurant, they had like a dice table. There was a uh, Lafitte, myself, uh, Georgie Velazquez, Paday, Shoemaker, myself. So they asking everybody who the best horse you rode. So they asked Lafitte, he's a firm. They ask Shoemaker, it's a spectacular bet which I was trained to me. They said, Georgie, Ali that. And they asked me, I said, well, I guess I got the best one because my beat a firm, a firm beat a spectacular (laughs) bit. So if they had the best horses they ever rode, I said, they ain't trouble, man. Because uh, Chumake wrote Gala Man. He wrote uh, Round Table. He wrote Swaps. The reason that Chumake said Spectacular B was the best horse because all these horses was dead. Spectacular B was going to become a sire, so she's going to get a chair on (laughs) it. Now if you give me a share on a horse, I would say it's better than Charles Lu, you know. But they don't come out with this business. The, I don't bond yesterday. <laughs> it's the, the best horse. I say you sure that's your best horse you ever rode. I said you intro. Your best horse got beat by a friend, and I kicked the share out of a friend twice. So, but that's the way it goes. Everybody got their liners. I think Charles Lu was the best to me. He have everything that you want on a horse. To me, he was like Muhammad Ali. He was a show up, always bouncing around. He had the speed to go. And he had the stamina. When the only race, you know how people say in my life, if I have one day to, to do something different. Of all the races, I rode like 40,000 horses. Of all the races that I ever rode, the only race that I would have loved to ride back it would be the, the Gold Cup when Seattle Lugas beat the Of all the races in the world. Because I know that he, I didn't do justice to him because I was on a lot of pressure. You know, I, I, Seattle's Lugas was always on the lead. I never rode him before. I beat him in Meadowlands with Dr. Patches. Then I came back and beat a firm. And then when they went to the next race, Lazaro didn't want to run the three races. So he passed that race. So I I kicked the shit out of it, sell it on that one. Then when we came to the Gold Cup, last put two horses in. We went 22 and change, 45 and change, 3 quarters in nine, a mile in 34 and change. Going a mile and a half with 129 pounds. And he just can't beat like that. I just... I almost got into rape, but somehow I lost my my inside stir and when I touched the saddle with my fanny that horse took off. We was rolling, man. We was rolling. And that's the only thing that I feel bad about it because I rode Excel and I knew Excel wait for horses. But at that moment I was so worried about our friend. That was the two horses, one tripper running together. I completely forgot. When Excel got to me, I went with him. If I sit still, he wasn't going to go anywhere because he pulled up when he made the lead. But I, you know, blanked up. Too much pressure. It was too much in my head to beat a firm, you know, and forgot that it was all the horses in the race.
1: Is, so Is that, that would be your, that'd be your most disappointing race yes. of your career?
2: By far. By far. Charles Louvre, would win the only horse to win two triple crowns, a three-year-old, and I said all the horses. And I knew I knew I mean he just got beating those like this. You know like the guy beat him, he passed me and I came back and he beat me like that. But I know I could do a better job if I wouldn't have that much pressure, you know.
1: How important was it for you to win the title at Saratoga?
2: Ooh, I loved it. I went to Saratoga nineteen sixty two, one week. Nineteen sixty three, one week. Nineteen sixty four I stayed two weeks. 1965 was my first time that I stayed the whole meeting. I rode one horse. Then in 1967, I don't know how it happened. It was a miracle. I came out leading rider with 38 winners. Never rode for none of the big outfits No Calumet, no Darby Dan, no Green Tree, no Whitney. All the poor little guys. But I rode the whole car every day. And I happened to be leading rider. And then didn't... Win it again until '74. Every year I got day when I went to Saratoga. It was like a curse. Soon I got there ten days, 28 days meeting. It used to be so you. No chance, no chance. I used to rent a house sometimes. I couldn't even make the payment back. So I said to myself, one day. I told my friend, one day, I'm gonna be so good. I'm gonna rent the house with a swimming pool. My friend started laughing. I said, number one, you can't swim. And number two, you're not going to be a champion. I said, why not? I said, I'm going to win the derby. I said, yeah, you're going to win the chicken derby. And they used to make fun of me, you know. But I had that in my mind that I would be somebody sometime. And I would feel this when I was riding because I said, I'm not going to die unless I win the derby. So it was never in my mind that I was going to die. And then I won my first derby. I said, I got to win another one. I said, you can't just die winning one derby, you know. Then you get greedy and then you win another one. But that was in my mind. I, I have like a block that will nothing will happen to me because I need to win the derby, and I got hurt a lot of times. I went to the hospital twenty four times. I broke every bone, every finger in my hands, everything, my back. I got scar here from here to there. But I was never afraid to ride. I might be afraid to go there and meet Durano or, or my Tyson, <laughs> but not to ride in my horse.
1: Of those twenty four
2: times, I, I mean, I,
1: how many of those were close to death?
2: Three. the the last one well, the two last ones uh, my wife uh, father was a doctor and uh, from knee, a knee doctor and he he had access when I got hurt to talk to the doctor, and they told him we look he'd be lucky if he passed the night, so he told my wife that I said he's not going to make it through the night and then another time i got I was bleeding inside, and they took me to uh here to Long Island Hospital, no Long Island Hospital, and I kept telling my wife every time, she every time you wake up, you tell me that something is inside your stomach," and I was in and out, you know, and I told them that that I feel like I'm gonna throw up, but I can't. So my friend that was there, told him, I said, "Let's take him to the neuro hospital. Five minutes more, I would have, I was losing a lot of blood. I have internal bleeding, and and they they couldn't even tell and you know, when you get hurt, not now, but when I used to go to the hospital, they put you on, on a stretcher there, and if they don't have a room, you stay there for a long time. It's not like they take care of you right away. I don't know how they do it now. It's been a long time, you know. But I know I went to the hospital 24 times and 3 times. They thought that I was gone. They never told me that, but they told my wife. He said, man, he almost go. So every time I remember that, I figure you know, one of these days is going to happen. <laughs> you know? It's just a matter of time. You know you're going to get hurt, you just don't know how bad you're going to get hurt. It's like playing football or being a boxer. You know you're going to get knocked out, but you don't know you're going to get up or not. But the main thing on, on being a jockey, it just it is everything. You know? It's it's one thing that grows up on the jockeys. They have no fear when they're on a horse. Something, something hits you when you're in there. That you don't think about, you know, when you run in grass races and you behind horses horse and you see the guy in front of you clipping hands and you say, if he goes, I go, you know. And then grass races, one of the horses on, a, on the front end go, three or four are going to go right behind him because they ride on top of each other. But we got a little angel that take care of the jackies, too. For us, for us, uh the that the sport is, there's not many. You get more paralyzed people than you get dead. You get maybe five or six dead. But you get a lot of jackies on wheelchair. That's, that's what I, always was my worry. I said to God, I don't mind dying because we all got to die. I said, please don't let me be paralyzed. I don't want to be a pain for somebody. And that's got to be the worst thing that could happen to anybody. I have a couple of friends. And i look looking at it and I just feel bad. You know, after a while they get used to it, but that's a bad life. Who's your favorite writer of all time? Because you're everyone else's Eddie favorite. And Carl. To me, he was the best rider I ever saw, by far. He rode all the way to 1960, and he looks like one of us in 1960. And when he started riding, they don't even wear goggles on the 40s. So you know he improved. He, his riding improved, improved. Now it's easy to learn. I wish if I would have learned how to be a jockey now, I probably would have been better than what I was. But now you got the exercises. You could get to ride a horse. You watch the film. Before, the only time we watched film was when I when I shot somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> they called me for a movie. That was the only time you could see a movie. And uh, you didn't have the equasizes. the first time you hit a horse was the first time you rode in a race. Because in the morning, they don't let you hit the horse. First time I rode, I forgot to put my goggles on. I, was, I thought I was a big shit, you know. <laughs> I really said, oh, he's going to be good. I forgot to put my goggles on when they hit me on the face. Man, I never had that happen. <laughs> Outside fan, my father came and said, you got one week suspension. Every time I did something, he suspended me more than the steward. <laughs> one week suspension. Go around on three horses, one week suspension. Hitting on the turn left, one week suspension. I said, eh. all the time. He used, and he used to really, really get after me. I knew when I was doing good, when he didn't say anything. But he never gave me a compliment. He never came and said. I was, when he didn't say nothing after the race to me, I said, I rode good today. <laughs> because every day he find me something. A third horse you rode should have win it. You went around too many horses. You too far behind. You going too fast. Yeah. He was hard, to please him, but I guess he made the best out of me.
1: Were you? How were you? Were you like that with with Johnny and Manny and Irad and Jose? Were you hard on them when they were coming up, or no?
2: With Johnny, when Johnny came, uh, a friend of mine called me and told me I got a kid I want you to take to Puerto to New York. But I was almost on my way out. I was riding, but not that many. I was, my wife was training, and I was in and out, just taking it easy. And I said to him, man, I said, Tico, man, New York is tough. I said, it's not as easy as it is. as the people think it is. If you don't have a stable, you suffer. He said, this kid is going to be good. This kid is real good. He's a good kid. He's a good family kid. He's poor. And he really wanted to. I said, send me some film. He sent me film. I'm watching this film. I didn't see anything that I like, man. Even now when I see my film, I'm embarrassed. I said, man, I was so bad and I thought it was good, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching this film and I'm going, no, the door bell, I opened, it was Richie Allen, the baseball player. Sure. We used to be good friends. He said, brother, how you doing? Good, what you doing? I said, I'm watching some film that they sent me about a kid here. My Let me see it. He's looking at the film. I said, I don't think he's going to make it here. Look, it's so green, man. He said to me, you know, brother, I could see something on him of you. He said, something, he said, hit me. It's something that can put me together with, with you. I said, Richie, it's terrible. I said, look, it's, you know, in the middle of the track. And he said, brother, he said, should give him a chance? He said, I can't. I said, you want to be his agent? <laughs> he said, yeah. I said, you do? Call my friend. Send me that kid back. Next day, Jan is in town, in Richie. He's sleeping on the sofa. Richie comes pick him up every day, take him, introduce him. And then he started getting, you know, a little better. So one day we are riding a race. We're driving together. I said, Johnny, I'm going to give you one advice. Do not run on my inside. Okay? Don't forget that. You do anything you want, do not run on my inside. Because I used to leave that hole on the inside open a little bit. soccer ball, so, I could, so I could ride him too. So one day we ride, and he's sitting behind me, and he yells. Junior, it's me. I let him, him have it, man. So we driving him back after the race. And he said to me, man, you shot me off you bad. I said, what did I tell you? Don't announce yourself in the race. Don't tell me I'm here. Don't tell me it's me. And she it doesn't matter. My wife used to get mad at me. She was riding with me. I shut him off three times one day. And she was pissed off, man. First time I ever saw mad at me. So I told him, I said, don't announce yourself. When you're going in the hole, go. Don't drive to make a hole. Don't drive to get there. When you drive to get there and the other guy go a little bit, now you run out of horse. So that was the, look. and then one day he rides a horse. He hits him right handed. A horse yeah. dropping behind horses. He pulls him out. He hits him again three times. It gets be like that. So we, I don't say anything in the jackets, but we was driving back. I said, you know that you should have won that race, right? I said, yeah. I said, why don't you hit the whole left hand? He said, I can't hit left hand. I said, what do you mean you can't hit left handed? I can't. I said, but you're not going to be a good jockey, you can't hit left handed. I said, every jockey in the world hit left handed. Even both boys that never ride, right. they, they hit left handed. You got to learn. So I had him on the equal size. So I used to put him in there. I said, okay, put your stick on the left hand and start riding and, and hit at the same time. So he was doing and doing. I'll be back. So I went upstairs to take a nap. So an hour later, my wife wake me up. I said, man, I said that kid is going to die. I said He's sweating. And if you had him in there, I said, he'll appreciate it when he gets older. Yeah. I said, right now, he hate me. I said, but when he gets older, he's going to appreciate that. Johnny had the best left hand in the, in the business. That was, to me, that was like an extra weapon. When he came into the stretch, and I could, when I was watching the race I said, with that, that loved it, because I knew every move. OK, Johnny, stay there. Go around, Johnny. Put your stick right He Hit Levante, Johnny. And everything I told him, he'll do. And him and my wife used to say, How did that happen? I could call the move on him every time. Know when he was going to move, when he was going to hit Levante. And, and he was improving, improving, improving. To me, the best rider I see. Him and Ira and Frankie Dutori, to me, right now, at the trip. I know the other guys are going to be offended. I'm never going to have another job. <laughs> to me, right now, Johnny, even at his age, still got it. He's in here. And Frankie Dutoria and Ira. Ira will not win on anything. You know, and I, I love Ira's brother. I think Jose is as good as him. He just, because Ira is so popular and so big, it takes a little away from his flashy, but Jose can write too. And, you know, he's, he's a real good writer too. And it's probably a lot of good writers in there that they don't have the opportunity, but to me, I, it, I see, like I said before, three Jackies, that revolutionary, the Jackies room. It was Steve Cotton when he first came here. He had everybody on the Jackies room with camera. He was in every magazine. Then Ramon Dominguez that win every day. I asked him one day, when you win one ready? you kick your dog when you go home? Because he always <laughs> win three or four. Get <laughs> away from me. I don't win a race today. And I right now, he wins every day. He's just a winning machine, man. Love to watch him ride, too. "Guys, I don't like watching racer unless my jacket sat in, but I like watching Johnny Dutori, and, and Ida riding because it's something like I could tell what he's going to do. And then Johnny come back mad at me. Look what you son did to me. You do this to me he, because you told him. I said, I didn't tell him to do. He said, well, you teach all them things. I said, well, I try to teach you, but you want to be nice. Johnny doesn't want to do anything wrong, man. I mean, I, I met a lot of people in my life, but one day I was walking with him in Satoga." We was going to see Bobby Franco. And just when we hit the corner in the training track, that corner on the first turn, I see a wallet. And it was so much money inside the wallet, the wallet was like... So I looked at the wallet and I booked Gianni a wallet, and I grabbed it. Ah, it's a lot of money here. I said, well, we're going to split it. I said, no, you're going to give it away. I said, give it away to what? In Puerto Rico, fine, skip it. No, this is not Puerto Rico. I said, come on, Johnny, look. There's nobody around there. No one, not a single person. That's to us. Nope. you're going to get, I said, but who are we going to give away? Well, we're going to stay in the street. Who lost a wallet with a thousand dollars, something like that inside? So all of a sudden, there's two ladies walking by. And Johnny goes, did any of you ladies lost a purse? And they didn't and even look at us. And he said, anybody lose this? I, ah, that's mine. And he gives it to them, and said, Johnny. He said, you was going to keep it, and if I was on here, I said, you bet you're <laughs> I mean, who's going to find something in the middle of the road? I'm going to pray. Oh, I got something in here. He's so straight. I mean, he won't. He don't like lying. He doesn't like when you do something, you know, like. I told him, I said, you too clean as a writer. And when somebody does something to him, he gets mad. He calls me every time to give me uh, Ira. Ira is like his son. Ira loved him. And Naira called me, he said, Johnny's mad at me. What do you do? Oh, I'm tired, I'm up a little bit, but he was yelling at me. <laughs> so every time Naira every time do something to him, he calls me and tells me, look what he did. So I don't know if you know, it was a stake here about maybe three or four years ago. Johnny and Naira and put the elbow on it. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. The horse win uh, the, uh, the mile race, a three-year-old three mile race. Uh, and I had a win, beat Johnny and also and Johnny claimed foul, but they left there. Oh, was it, uh,
1: no, was it, uh, it Zandon and, uh, and Moe Donegal?
2: Yeah. Yes. yes. and In the rims, yep, yep. Okay, so I'm in the airport, and Johnny's uh, in the airport. Johnny's going to Miami, but his wife's coming to New York, so we are at the airport sitting in there. And Johnny said, come, you got them to second?" I said, yeah. He said, come here, let me show you some. He shows me the race, the head on shot. He said, look what your son did to me, elbow. I said, did you claim foul? He said, yeah, but they didn't took him down. And I said, "Well," he said, "Don't you think that's not nice?" I said, "I think it's very nice, did You know, <laughs> 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 you told the same. I knew I'm losing my time asking you." I said, "What well, is nice to him It's bad to you because you got beat, but it's nice to him and you win." <laughs> and they left it, you know. Uh, but every time uh, they get into trouble, I put his head down, Johnny. Johnny gave it to him. He used to give it to me two once on a while. At the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, does Dutori pay you a royalty every time he does the flying
2: dismount? Nah. I met Dutore before he was a jockey when he was in California, and I met him and we became real good friends. Uh, I copied that from Avelino Gomez. He was a Cuban guy. And one day I was looking at the magazine and I saw him in the air like that. And the first time I went on a horse here, somebody took off behind the gate and they came and I rode the horse and win, and I jumped. That's the picture that I have on my face. I jumped out of the horse, and I became famous for that. I don't know why, but you see this picture here? That's the that horse, Opera Club was his name. I was in the jackie's room. I wasn't riding at all, nothing. And I just sat there because after the A they give you free food. So I was waiting for the A race, like so I need for free. <laughs> I'm sitting in there and the guy said, anybody open for the 3 horse, I look, and it's 5 to 2 I said, 5-2-2? I never rode a 5-2-2 in my life. I'm So I picked up the man. Oseri took off behind the gate because he thought he was sore. So when my ball came back, he said, man, you should have never picked up that man. I said, Oseri said, that horse is sore. I said, can't no be no more sore the horse in Puerto Rico, man. And fucking 11 years old, 30 years old, legs like that. I said, this is are sound compa- compared with the ones in Puerto Rico. So when I went back in there, the doctor told me, get on him and joke, and if you don't like the way he's going, we'll scratch him. I was going to ride him no matter if he was limping. I never was on the fight to 2 I took him out this way, that way, and I said, he's good. And he won by six or seven, and I show off. He turned for home on the lead, and I started, I'm about to switch thick, like, probably eight or nine times. <laughs> And they put my picture in the paper. I bought like 17 of them paper my <laughs> <laughs> picture up in the air. But uh, I got to tell you one thing quick. I had this friend of mine named Octavio Vergara. He used to write. Good writer. He's in California now. Good writer. And he was staying with me. And he wanted my son to be his agent. And I told him, no, nah, my son, he got, you know, I pay for private school for them. He got one more year to go to graduate. And you're going to make it. And, nah, let him be an agent. He could be my agent. The guy was a good writer. So OK. So now we living in the house, He's his agent, and telling people, you know, when you get a chance, give him a chance. My son got it. So we're going to Maryland one day. Papa, I'm going with you. I used to go to Maryland after Maryland. I used to run out, go for party. Papa, I'm going with you. I said, no, you're going with me because I'm going to the city. I thought, well, I'm going with you. Okay. So we're driving. I'm one on the first, one on the third, one on the A-race, which is the future. He writes one on the a race. We parked the car in the middle, and we're going in. He said, Papa, call me when, the se- when they check checking for the seventh race. Call me. I'm going to go sleep. I got there. I ride the first race, ride the third race. My body said, I got bad news for you. You horse in the stage crash. Mm-hmm. I went to play ping pong. We played ping pong. We play car. They have a gym at the time, and I used to hit the, the heavy back. I'm doing all kind of things. All of a sudden, I hear, anybody open for the five horse? 5 to 2 oh, my favors, man, 5 to 2 Serve me. I said, you ride him. Put the corner, look at the horse, do good. Get to the paddle, when I get to the paddle of the train, I say, Angel, thank you for riding these horse. What happened to Octavio? Ah, for God. <laughs> I said, well, he must have got sick because we came together, but a lot of Jackie got sick in the kitchen, something better. You know, I'm trying to protect him now. now. Now I feel terrible. Now he's sleeping. I win the race, come back, he's still sleeping. <laughs> so now I take a shower, I'm leaving, and I said to the guy that cleaned the floor, I said, when they open the door for the last race, call the guy in the bed. I go to the parking, put my car, put the heater on, I open the window like this, because the guy, have a, you know, he has a reputation, he likes fighting and everything. So I'm sitting in there, I said, no, I gotta listen to this guy when he come back. I'm, Jesus Christ. I know i won't have to give him the check. First of all, my song is his agent, and second of all, I felt the bed. But I didn't do it on purpose. So he's walking back. When he's walking back, eyes ah, like that. And I open the window a little bit. I said, if you get stupid, you're going to walk from here to New York, and you're going to sleep in the street until you find another place. OK, I'm going to give you the check. But let me tell you one thing. I say, I'm not your valet, and I'm not your servant. I say, you got a valet that you pay, and he's the one supposed to call you. I come here to write. I'm not worried about you. And I tell everybody that I did it on purpose. <laughs> didn't He's like Rene. Rene Douglas came to New York for right the first time. And I said, listen, you got speed and I got speed. I was being honest to him. You got speed and I got speed. I said, we both fight, we both going to die. I said, why don't we, the, fe- the best the, fe- the the best one that break go to the league. You break better, you go to the league I said If I go to the league, you said.' I told him, if you, need a, if you need a chance, yell at me. I'm on the lead, man, and I still got horse. We come to the quarter pole. And he goes, Angel, I'm here. Mm, I'm not listening to him. <laughs> 316, Angel, I'm here. So I thought, uh, wait a little, it's too early. <laughs> so I kept him in there. Uh, April, past the April, Angel, I'm here. I said, tell, you still got time, take it easy, man. <laughs> we come like from here to the wire. I open up a little bit and he came and I beat him like that. He can't cry. <laughs> you know. And I tell, him, I said, "Rene, do you believe in Santa Claus?" I said, "Come on, we're riding horses for money. What do you think?" I said, "I would have given a chance if I was dead." I said, "But I'm alive. I'm, I'm going to look like a stupid than you." But why you told me to do it? I said, "Brother." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "One thing, tell you, you need help. Let me know." <laughs> the same thing happened with me and Georgie, and I was we like brother. I mean, I love that guy. I think he was one of the greatest writers and one of the greatest persons that I ever met. And we had that in common that he was riding in Jersey and he was kicking us in there, and I was riding in New York. I needed ride a sixty-eight, seven, 68, sixty-eight, sixty-nine. So I used to tell him, we used to all the time. I said, why don't you come to New York ride with the good guy? I said, you abusing all them poor guys over there, man. We had one guy got on a motor truck. I said, you, you know, you like a king in there. Come to New York. He come to New York and he start beating me. I said, you should go back to Jersey. <laughs> so now, so we became so close now. If I was going to go on vacation, I'll talk to him. We were all on vacation together. So don't say you beat me because I wasn't here. So he was like, when you're going on vacation? I said, I'm leaving on December 8th. He said, me too. OK. Now we made a deal that we don't write on Good Friday, because in my country, Good Friday is a very serious day. No, no, I don't know about now, but when I was a kid, not even radio, everything was like, nobody works. So one day, I almost got dropped twice, and after to my ballot, I said, I must have got up on the wrong side of the bed, man. I almost got dropped twice. He said, today is Good Friday. I said, that's why. I promise I will never ride on Good Friday. So Georgie and I, Cheyhan, we're never going to ride on Good Friday. Seven, eight years went by. One day, Tony Mato come to me, with my agent. I need a favor from you. He's my agent for years and years. What can I do for you, Tony? He goes, I thought he was going to ask me for a race or something So I said, I need you to ride a horse, uh, a horse for me Friday. I said, Woo Tony, good Friday. No, 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 no. You got to help me. I never ask you a favor, he said to me. You got to do that for me. I said, Tony, I don't ride on good Fridays, man. I said, I promise that I won't do that and I don't want to go. It's only one horse. You could come ride a horse and go. I won't put you on anyone." Else. He said to me, you know how many favors I do you every time you want to go out, girls, and every time you want to do this, and I'm always backing you up. He said, now you, you owe me a good one. So he bugged me so much that I had no choice to say yes because the truth was that I, Tony do this for me, Tony do this, Tony do that. So now I get to the jockey's room and my ballets said, oh, "Boss, what are you doing here? You never ride on Good Friday. I said, oh, my, my agent bugging me about breaking my chap about riding this horse. So I looked at the chart when I was going to go out. Philly run four times and one by 10, seven, eight lane by, with Georgie on Philly called uh, Banigala, Gala. And Georgie was riding it. So now I felt terrible. Huh? She won. My agent, being smart, I tell the trainer, my dad never rides on good fighters, but I ride him, but I had to ride him back. <laughs> so not only that, I, uh, man, I it, and that day he didn't get mad at me, and I felt it bad, because he looked bad. He Made me look like I did. It's like you walk into a play where they kill somebody, and you, oh, look, they kill him with this gun, and you got the gun in your hand. <laughs> I said, now I'm guilty and all that. But thing went by, Georgie never really, he, he was a little, but not mad. He got mad at me when I got disqualified in the Traverse Yes. because I bat on him. He didn't talk to me for a month. He want to divorce me as a godfather of his kid, told his wife he want to send a letter to, to the Pope. <laughs> and both, He got three kids, and they all called me uh, padrino. And and He's still mad. You no, know, he still thinks I did it. He's not mad, but he still think I did it. He so me. I'm watching the race the other day at uh, YouTube, and then YouTube, the old races, you know. I said, Oh, Travis, I'm watching it. And I saw what he saw. I passed him on the quarter pole. He was there, like lane fourth. And I passed him. He was inside. When we came to the eight pole, he decided from there to come outside. I don't know that. My horse made a lead and do this one of this shit that he does like that as like he used to do. So my thing was to look for company for him. When I turn around like that, it just, you could turn around, but you can only see certain. You know, it's not like turning around completely. When I turn around, I saw red colors in there. So I pointed my horse out so he could see the horse. I don't know, Georgie was in the middle. He, we pulled up and he was four finished. He said, you win, you're coming down. I said, coming down for what? He said, you almost dropped me. I said, are you kidding me? He said, yeah. I yell at you, I yell at you. I said, yell at me in the 16th point. You don't hear anything in Saratoga. But he don't believe that. So now they take my number down. So we go to the movies. I mean, he's like my brother, you know. I figured he's going to give me a hand. The store, I said, Georgie, anything you had to say? He goes, no comment. I 10 days. So I came back. I said, coño, compa, man. He said, I don't wanna to talk to you anymore. I thought he was kidding me. I'll talk to him and he turned his face for a whole month. And he was bothering me because I know I didn't do it on purpose. And I know he was a good friend. He's like a brother. He lasted a long time. So his wife called me one day. He said, you know, Georgie wants to send a letter to the Pope. I said, you can't do that. This is not a horse that you can't set calls or anything. <laughs> See, you can't take me off as a grandma in this way. Angel is not a grandfather anymore. <laughs> I mean, to this point, I think I, I don't I don't know how to talk to him in two weeks. But the last time he came to the to see my mother, we were talking about that. But I never mentioned that because I know he's still I still sensitive about it. But I didn't do seriously, I didn't do. The only the only thing that I did on purpose one time on him and he didn't get me was we rode in a race in Saratoga. He was fighting for leading writers. And I'm stuck going into the first turn on a horse, running off with me, and I'm. He looked at me, and he called me fool. He said, "Fool, you want out." Of course, he asked me, I'm, "Yeah, <laughs> yes." So the problem is when you hold him a horse like that and you turning, the speed carrying more. When when I went to the hole, I hit him and sent him three horses. Why he came back? I said, "Not only that, I give you a chance. Then you go and screw me there." I said, "I, I didn't mean to do that." I said, "But I'm sorry. Thank you for the chance." Three races later. Three races later we coming into the 384, I had two horses in front and I had like three horses in behind and I'm sitting in there and I hear a voice, Foo-hoo! Foo-hoo! And I'm not paying attention. <laughs> give me a break. And I'm not paying attention. Foo-hoo! He's screaming real loud. So I said, you live? Yeah. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I kept him there. He came back. He was so mad, no mad to fight a man. I give you a chance before, and you bother me after I give you a chance. Now I needed a chance. I said, you asked me if I wanted a chat." I said, yes. I didn't ask you for a chat. you asking me for a chat but your life. You even told me that use life, if I let you there, you're going to beat me. And I told him, I said, Georgie, listen, let me put don't say I'm going to be honest to you. I love you like a brother. You know what? I don't write, and you write. You know what I do? I go like that, so you don't win. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, please, don't win, don't win, don't win. And, and, and my valet told me, why did you do that? He, when you're riding, that guy's yelling for you. Come on, compa. He goes crazy, yelling for you, for you win. I said, man, I can't do that, pampa. I go like this. <laughs> I tell him, that, don't win, don't win, don't <laughs> win. So one day, Lafitte came from out of town to ride, right, and I'm on a horse that is 35 to 35-2-1. I'm on the paddock, and the trainer said, I'm going to bid you $100 on the horse. He gave me a ticket, put him on my boot, and look at 35 to one he got no chance. So Georgie's in the race, Lafitte's in the race, Lafitte's on the favor. So I said to Georgie, Georgie, the trainer, bet me $100, and this all 35 to 1. And Georgie said, did I get half? I said, no, you get one quarter if I win. Not one half? I said, no, no half. The race is going. Georgie suddenly, I'm laying second, and I got on the backside, and I went way out. So Lafie had no choice to go inside. When he started going inside, started coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in. I got in behind Georgie, so he had to check. So now when he check, I figure he's going to go around. I go out more, so he can't go out. So he goes again. So now, he, you know, boom. He bullies himself. He gets in there. Georgie, he said to me, I hit him to him. Pass the tri- Paul, screaming, hey. Georgie, he said to me, I hit it to him. <laughs> I, he said, hey, he's Georgie. Georgie said, no, he's Angel. We had him, man. He hit it, I hit it like this. So bang, three Jose four of four finish. And in the quarter pole, Georgie said, How about half? I said, No, a quarter. <laughs> no. Now when I come to the eight pole, I say, how about half? He goes, No, I want the whole ticket. <laughs> <laughs> he got me, you know. So now we got Laffy Tan pass the wire and I pulled up. I said, Laffey, claim foul against Georgie. <laughs> he said, I'm claiming foul against Boston. You say, he the one that battled on you. So we came back and they have four of finish. So I pick up the telephone, sir. I'm claiming foul against so. uh Three Lafitte, and, and against Georgie. The two I said, What did he do to you? He's outside and you inside and you got a guy in the middle. I said, No, he don't bother me, but he battled the guy in the middle <laughs> and he's my friend Lafitte and he was screaming for his chance. <laughs> so now they got inquiry and I'm in the jacket room watching the TV. Oh, San Alvarado, oh, taken down. Oh, taken down. Taken and boom. And they put all, all the numbers off and I screamed, Yeah, they took both of us off. <laughs> down. So I walked to Lafitte and said, Lafitte, will you give me a, <laughs> in the movie <booty> tomorrow? <laughs> He, he said, I don't hate you because I like you. I said, uh, how about the day that he came out? He liked to fight, a feel all the time, because he lose a lot of weight, and he was a clean rider. So I said to him, the day you learn how to screw somebody, you won't fight anymore. I said, this is my father always told me, screw them before they screw you. I said, you got to learn how to do it. I said, because he, he'll be two horses here, and he'll be sitting here, and if I move, or anybody move, I'm pushing him behind, he gets mad, but that's part of racing. So I said, the reason you fight a lot is because you too clean riding when somebody do something to that. So one day he's riding, they I ride a seven race, and then I don't ride the last race, but they are having a fight. Muhammad is fighting in TV, so I'm sitting in there with my boots and my T-shirt waiting the fight. I the race is over, I hear the window, the glass window. He throw the helmet, boom, and hit the window. I look and he got the hell like, out. Oh shit, I feel pissed off. <laughs> so he walks, he came right in front of me. He said, What would you do if I hit you though? And I go, for what? He said, don't play stupid with me. You know you bother me. I said, I didn't even write in the race, man. I'm watching TV here. Said, Who's number three? I said, I don't know. So he head to the shower. And Knowing that he likes to fight, I said, man, I'm not going to let him fight. So I go, La he said, take it easy. Don't worry about The race is over. Who's number three? And everybody's taking the shower. Nobody's paying attention to him. I'm saying, who number three? I look. He was number three. was him. He's hanging in there. I put him by back. I said, look, you're number three. The <laughs> he always remembered that I said, You almost hit me <laughs> when I had nothing to do with it, <laughs> and then you want to hit somebody that wasn't even in the race. Number three, he was number three and he was looking for number three.
1: Andrew, how, how proud were you, uh, when Johnny won his thousandth uh win at, at Saratoga this summer? I was
2: proud. Of- of Johnny more than that before, because I always tried. The record for winning in 28 days racing was Casa, with 41 winners. The closest I got was 39, even so I won 14 titles. I never passed it 39. But when Johnny was uh, two winners away from that, to get that record before, it was six-week meeting, but he was going to do it in the right time. I went to the Jackie's room and said, I said, Papa, two more, son. We're going to get that. Ah, you always thinking about leading, Jackie, about, about winning the race. Ah, that's not that important to me. And I felt bad, as a man, instead of it, you know, he didn't like that. You're telling you fighting for leading riders, the first thing he told me when we went to a meeting, don't start fighting for leading riders. If only Saratoga, he gave me a green light. In Saratoga, he let me ride more horses. But he didn't, he wasn't into it. So I was proud because he did that. Then I was proud for all the accomplishments that he did with me. But when he went the thousand, I didn't have it. But I mean, I had him for a long time. But I'm always proud of whatever he does. Because to me, I I figured I was like Michelangelo. I make a pain. He was my best, my best of the all. I mean, he's like, John is the kind of guy that got everything that you want. He's a gentleman. He loves to help people, his friends. He's a great writer. But he doesn't have a good opinion of horses, sometimes. Because <laughs> he told me Uncle Mo was no good. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the horse that gay he had that was by Castellano Wando riding Honor of Code? Code of Honor. Horse. Code of Honor. Black one with face. Yeah. Or Honor Code or Code of Honor Code. One of them. The. I, I saw that horse when he was a baby in Ocala with Jay. And I chased him because Jay have horses. And I chased him to the barn. And I said to the guy, who's the horse? He said, you like it? I said, yeah. He said, yeah. he brought him out. And he said, It's by Pindy. And the mother was stay with me. I said, Who's going to have? It? And he said, Shook gay. Next day, I got back to New York. I went to Shook. I said, You have a horse that they're going to give to you that I want to ride? I said, God damn, I ain't even had a horse. and You already hustled me. I said, Man, because so I, re- I really want to ride this horse. Every single day, he said, How's my horse? And now it's my horse. How's my horse? Shook. I said, Okay. <laughs> when are you going to work? Or no, I don't need no rider to work him. I said, Come on, man. Let me come and work. And I said, Can I bring Yanni to work one?" Can I? Well, one day, say, Okay, I'm going to work on Saturday. Bring Johnny. I said, Johnny, tomorrow we're we'll working a horse from the gate for sure. There you go, gonna get in trouble. You know, Tad is gonna have a horse in the race, and now you're gonna get in trouble. I said, You know, Johnny, you know what he told me? He said, Give me your book. He said, You see all these five races for baby? Give me the one that Tad doesn't have one, and I'm gonna run on that one. Doesn't matter. So we went through the book with Tad. Doberos did the, third, the fourth, four. He said, Maiden going 7 8. I said, You need this, way, boss? No double O, okay. I said, "Shook, okay, we all right. We went right. This one, Johnny's not working. He goes to the gate. I got my alarm here. <laughs> fifty nine and four. I said, maybe I'm wrong, but that's close. You know? <laughs> so, put in, I go to the clock. I say, how fast you got that, Johnny? Say we got it on fifty one four. We're going to give him a minute. Oh man. I come back, and I say, Johnny, you're good, huh? ah. the whole won't win until big. Probably three or four year old, you know, shoot doesn't take you know in a band with horses. I said because he never gets the baby, he always gets the old horses. I said, but this horse can run. It's just a horse. Mm -hmm. He run first time, right? He's seventeen lengths out of the on the mud, and say, "Oh my goodness, he's gonna be yelling at me, man!" (laughs) Horse come flying and win, and I never got to ride him back. And he turned out to be one of the best horses at the time. Mm -hmm. And he told me he didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> the first time he wrote uh, White Dan. In, yo I got him. I called uh, the agent that used to have Le Perú, Steve uh, Pass, or whatever his name is, called me and said, listen, I'm not going to be in town, but this horse is going to be open. You want to get on him? He said, here's the number for the Charlie, the trainer. So I called Charlie said, Mr. Lepresti, I said, any chance that I can ride a horse with John? He said, you want to come and ride him? He said, yeah. I said, yeah. Um, yeah, the only thing I'm going to need is the tickets and, you know, the plane ticket and the hotel. He said, oh, no, and 10% across the board. I said, oh, no, we don't do that. I said, oh, I'm going to get off a lot of horses here to go and ride him. and say you, you want to talk to... And I didn't know the owner of the horse I used to ride for him when Nero had the horses, for yeah. the old man. So three days later, he called me back. He said, okay, you get, you get the expenses and uh, you get the 10% across the board. You come, okay. Johnny called me from Kentucky. He said... If we coming in here in two days, I said, yeah. He said, Who do we ride? I said, why is that? He That horse got no chance. I say, a a grass horse. I said, No Johnny, he runs good depoli and he runs good on it. I said, the only time he runs better on it there because he was printing three quarters on a brisk of or something like that. I said, That's a nice horse. No, I'm not gonna go there. Tell him I'm not going. I said, Man, I begged the guy to give you the tickets and everything, and now I'm not gonna call him. So I called the guy that sent me Johnny back here. I said, Listen, Tico, man, I have a problem, man. What's the problem? I said, Johnny don't want to go and ride this horse. And I committed myself, man. And He said, well, I'll talk to him. I said, yeah, but don't tell him I told you, because then he's going to be mad at me. So I called Tito, the guy that is an agent for Edgar He's good. Tito, I said, check me this horse. He, looked, he said, Angel, that horse got a good chance. Now I look, and the horse he had to be was the horse called Mission Impossible. And I used to get on it for that. So I said, this horse is a half of what I think it is going to be Mission Impossible. <laughs> So I said, Gianni, you know what I'm going to do? You don't want to ride. You wait in the daily where You call sick. Don't ride. But I'm not going to call the guy and tell him to take you off. Look at the horse, what he did. That's why the guy, when he won the cliff one Award the first time, he, yeah. he, he said something about me. Thank you for any to trust me. As me hey, it took me a long time to convince him to go there. But when he rides him, then he realized, you know, because I guess, I don't know, I got something that I could tell when a horse can run early. For some reason, I could tell when they came around. Tad used to love me for that. He loved when I used to tell him. From one to, uh, from one to 10, eight, nine, 10, it was good. Few six or seven, I was, really? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple more I want to get before we get out
1: of here. Uh, and I think I've told you this one before, but one of my first derbies I ever went to, I, was, I loved Verrazano. So I was in line, betting Verrazano, betting Verrazano. And then I went to go make a bet for a friend who had called me to bet, and I'm standing in line, and I was standing behind you. And you bet on Orb, and you were riding Verrazano, and I just felt like, oh, my gosh. I made the biggest mistake. Of my life. Angel Cordero's in front of me, and he just bet on Orb, and uh, Orb won.
2: I loved that. I told I t- I t- Johnny, I said, "These will probably win the derby. I said, but if you get off these or from that, we're going to close the door. We're going to lose the whole band for one horse. You know, I say, it doesn't make sense. The same thing happened when, when you won't believe this, but this is the honest truth. When ba- Barbaro broke his maiden, I was watching the races, and I called the trainer, and I said, any chance that I could ride a horse, he said, Jesus Christ, he didn't even need, I didn't even cool him up, and you already huddled ah. me. So the horse turned out to be good. Now, Prado wins on it in the Florida Derby, but, Whoever was proud of agent, looked like he had another horse that they was supposed to be good. So he didn't want to give Mr. Matt a call yet. So I bumped into Mr. Matt in Kentucky, where I used to go with that. And after the race, Mr. Matt said, you want to ride Barbaro? I thought he was kidding with me. I said, are you serious? He said, no. He said, that agent never called me. He never called me to tell me yes, no. He said, "If if you could ride him, you could ride him. And Johnny was with me. Johnny heard him. So I said to Johnny, you know what happened? We've been riding Bandini for Tad. and I said, if you get off the horse, we're going to be in trouble. I said, but that's a horse to be barbara. And Tiro, no, because Tiro heard him in the telephone. Tito was staying with me when he called me. And so the next day, Mr. Ma went to Johnny again. and said, your agent still got me on hold. He said, look like he doesn't want to ride the horse. But I told him, I said, you know, I want to ride him, but if I ride him, I'm going to get in trouble. And I don't want to lose a whole bunch for one horse, it doesn't make sense, you know I mean even so that you the derby is one thing that you want to win, so I could have rode him too, and I did it deresano I, I got off to ride off to ride Berzano.
1: My favorite story, well, one of my favorites there's a lot of good ones, but one of mine that we have to finish with is uh how why George Weaver's dog loves you so much. <laughs>
2: Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was dating this girl at the time, and I told her that I was invited to go to dinner. She didn't want to go. She didn't want nobody from the restaurant to sing with me. So I said, I go and I bring you some. What do you want? It's a steak, we'll be fine. So we sit in the table, we eat. He we were sitting and I said to the waiter, listen, when you bring the, the check on the side, give me a steak. What, what kind of state that the big one
1: yeah uh like
2: a uh, ribeye
1: or something yeah.
2: <laughs> medium well to go we say yes well we eating eating and people take you know the the thing after they finish so the guy give me the box. I put him in there George get his back I get to the house I said baby I got a surprise for you and you're gonna love it I open the box and <laughs> pieces of meat you know you could tell somebody was eating in there. And she said, that's all you got for me? And I looked at her, and I was embarrassed. I said, ah, oh, they must have it. They made me go, no, 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 you don't have to go, no. And she got dressed, and she left. So the next day, George said, oh, my dog loves you, man. He said, you give him that. I didn't give it to him. They give it to him by mistake. I got, I got the, pe- the food that the people didn't want, and the dog got the plain brown new steak, man it cost me a That dog cost me a mouth. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: Angel, I
1: I I speak for all of racing that uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate what you've done for the game. What you mean to the game. Every sport needs that one person we can all look to. That that is the the, the greatest, and no one argues about it. And uh, and and that's you.
2: Well, thank you. I'm I'm so proud to be uh together with Johnny and Tat two champions, before they was come champion. You know, when you call a shot like that, that's a big shot to call on two people. So to me that was I was proud to be part of it, to see Johnny grow up and Tat grow up together and become champion like that. Uh became one good friend with Tat, you know, he got a lot of respect for me. I got a lot of respect for him and most of Johnny's success we owe to him. And uh, me, he made my life happy after I quit riding. To let me get on all these good horses, send me out of town with him, go with him, learn a lot from him. So uh, he uh, he used to put me on the horses in the morning, and every time something went wrong, I blame it on somebody. Well, <laughs> the guy next to me, he you go too fast or he go too slow. So one day he said, "Double," o, he said, "I know I'm younger than you. But I'm gonna give you an advice." He said, "When you." learn how to take responsibilities on your own. You're going to do much better. And you're doing good, but you're going to do much better. You got to take responsibility on you, and you can't blame it on somebody else. So uh, one day, we have two babies coming from Saratoga. They're going to run in entry on the baby races, five horses. One horse is crashing the paddle. One horse flipping the gate and kick one of that horses, and they crash both of them. So now, we come back the next morning, all the boys, you know, oh, these horses come from Saratoga and they don't school and good, look what happened. And they complain. And Todd gets away. He says, you know what? Don't blame any nobody. It's my fault. I train the horse. I hire the guys. I'm the one responsible. No nobody else. I said, You responsible, boss? He said, Yes. I said, congratulations, you just fucked up that race. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard him curse in my life. Never. I've been around people. That's the guy that takes a bad news better than anybody else. You can tell on his face that he's not happy. But he won't never curse. So one day I told him, boss, did you know how to curse? Did you know how to say this and that? And he no never. Got the same employee for a long time. He's he's a gentleman and he's a professional. And he has things that I admire from him, you know, like he's he could be as mad as he could be. He don't blame me. When we was going before he won any breeders Cup, we're gonna work the last word for a and spy Town. And uh, so he said, okay, Double o, I want you to work a He said, he never worked that far, you know. He we wanna go 58 and letting out. So I went five eights and then letting Gallop out. But I'm not too letting Gallop out too much. Well the press they pressed, behind him and everything, he came for to me, he said, Double o He said, her race is a mile and a mile and a half. So sorry so I said, sorry, boss. Sorry, i I fucked up your work, man. I'm really sorry. I don't worry, though. It's only $2 million raise. That made me feel worse. <laughs> so now we're going to work at Spice Town. So it's okay, so you don't mix up. We're not going to put you in Spice Town. We're going to put you on the other horse. He said, we want you inside and Spice Town on the outside because Spice Town doesn't like to be inside. So we go to work. We go the runway to the main town. When we turn around, Spice Town started galloping and it started bolting with the girl. So we had to pull up. So we started again. We galloped for a little bit, and the Town go out again. I told him, I said, the next time he pulled up, I'm not going to be able to pull up mine. Mine was already keyed up, want to go. I said, let me go on you outside and keep you in, and then we'll switch. So I got on the head outside so her horse don't go out. And all of a sudden, three horses came from the gate, working on the inside, blew by them. Now the pole is in there, and I'm outside. So now we're working. My horse is a New York breath. And he kicked the shit out of Spice Spice Town didn't want to be in there. I mean, the put I looked back, Spice Town wasn't even there. I said, oh, shit, man. So So I pulled up, and the assistant, Trine, Tristan, came running. Do you know what inside and outside is? Oh, you really missed up this way. This horse is going to run on a million dollar race. Look what you did. I said, you know what happened? I don't want to hear. I said, but let me explain to you what happened. No, I don't want to hear. You he don't want to hear. The whole was bolting, and I was trying to keep him in. So here comes the boss, and there's a whole bunch of people walking behind. And I said, boss, I'm sorry. I- Mixed up your work again. And don't worry about this, is only a million. Don't worry about it. And then are like being sarcastic for cool. I felt it so bad. Now the race is running. The first one that's running is a shadow. And I got one of the horses for the fifth to ride a shadow. And then she come on the eighth ball. I said, please, don't stop, don't stop. (laughs) She drove away. I said, you see it, boss? She drove away. (laughs) That's said, with me, I'm teaching that. Now it comes five times, throw number one hole. The one hole in the sprint. I said, can't win there because a lot of speed, man. And inside, and he fought everybody on the inside when he said, "Look, I teach him that I was <laughs> bragging about <it." laughs> After I mixed up everything, I was bragging about it when I teach him. But he, he likes me a lot, and he, uh, he trusted me a lot. And I uh, have a good, good, good opinion about him, not only about the human being he is, as the trainer the professional he is. The way he conducts himself, the way he talks to people, the way he organized, you know I mean? It's like a, something out of the ordinary, you know? Because Wayne Luca was like that, but that is Sharpe, when he comes to enter the horses. He's very sharp. He knows when, when he goes out of town five times, at least he wins three. He, uh, he is uh, a very, very, very professional when it comes to
1: and Angel, we're gonna to to do this again in Saratoga. Anything, this summer. Anything you want. I appreciate it. I'm ready. It was awesome. Yep, yeah,
0: I'm ready. I need to know everything. Who in the what in the where I need everything? Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse, I'm ready for war, I'm coming for throws To turn to a ghost, I need to know everything. Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them talk. Gotta keep quiet, maneuvering signs to let them And chalk up their body. Another one body, that's just how it go. I got some secrets, I'm shaking the game so they stay on their toes. Stay in your lane, out to stay on the go. I came to play with the pros and act like a rookie so they overlook me. Then I not double up but get none of their nose. None of them cold, they just got lucky but never adapted. So I'm telling the one if it's coming to blows. My enemies cutting it close, I let them think that they got me, but what do you know? I had them beat before we ever spoke. I'm ready for smoke, I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where, I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I act like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse I'm ready for war, I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost I need to know everything now they ain't go harder than me They need a blade in a sheath A shank in a piece A crate full of heat An army, a fleet A tank in a jeep A navy, at sea With ace, and marine, a marine An ace up they sleeve A team of marines A freak on a leash A beast with an appetite Raising for teeth And still they will lay at my feet Boy, you got the wrong one I gotta look over all of my publishing statements For Q1 as soon as the song's done I gotta call up my mama And tell her I made it as soon as my log's done I gotta read all my trade publications And sip my tea till it is all done I think it's all fun I need to know everything, who in the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I act like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George, I happen to pour a Porsche, 5 and a horse, I'm ready for war, I'm coming for thrusts, to turn to a ghost, I need to know everything. I need to know everything, who in the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I act like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George, I happen to pour a Porsche, 5 and a horse, I'm ready for war, I'm coming for thrusts, to turn to a ghost, I need to know everything.